as we go. We are now live. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Group Up Podcast. We are here for the great Season 8 debate. A new season is upon us. And no, that is not an ad in my uh, in my call. That is uh, another <laughs> participant. That is another participant, and I will introduce them now in the bottom right. Coming through for the podcast is Jaws. Jaws, what's up? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. I love doing these things, man. They're a lot of fun. I love discussing patch notes and stuff. It gets everybody hyped up and like heated, and it's very funny. I like it. That's what we're all about. We're getting people heated. That's what we like to do here. All right. Yeah. And speaking of getting heated, in the top left, one to often get there is my man, Frito. Frito, how are you doing? Um, good. Um, season 7 was the most I ever played Overwatch 2. I think no. I'm addicted to Power Creep Swapathon game. I, I must admit. True. I mean, uh, th that that must be because uh, that's quite the phrase. I think I might have played the least amount of Overwatch I've ever played in, in Season 7. So we've kind of deviated on that path. But in the bottom left, rounding out our guests for tonight is SK. SK, how are you doing? I'm great. Hello. I'm in my Christmas spirit right now. You are. I can see that. I like, I love the overlay. Hope you guys appreciate the, those who are listening on, on uh, streaming services will not get to see the joy of the many PNGs, the screen, screen inception and the plushies all making a valuable appearance in SK's overlay. But SK, how are you, how are we you, got uh, surface too. how are you ranking on the scale of playing a lot and not playing so much? Mm, I'm playing a lot, but it's not because I'm having fun. <laughs> based, uh, based. Uh, but the new hero is very fun, so I'm playing him a lot, and that is part of it, but, Interesting. You know. Well, the new hero is something we will discuss. We will touch on Malga, the whole of whatever's been announced in Season 8, so Winter Wonderland, new weapon skins, uh, of course, the patch notes as well, and some uh, whispers from the devs of internal testings on things like hero bands and other solutions to the swapathon that has become... Overwatch 2 now. But yeah, let's let's just touch base with each of our guests first and foremost, how they rate on the surface. We're not very deep into it, obviously, but everything they've heard and everything they've experienced so far of season eight, starting with Jaws. So Jaws, just your general overall feeling on season eight so far. I think it's pretty good, honestly. I like I'm enjoying ranked. I think that we'll obviously get into the patch notes later, but it didn't really change much. But I think people, at least at like high ranks, are getting bored of only playing Sig. So like everybody's playing like Winston and Ryan and stuff now. So we've we've reached the point where everybody is so bored that they just play what they want, and that is the most fun Overwatch can be is just playing whatever. And all the Hog players like rejoicing because now they can one shot people again. You know, like it's yeah, I, I think it's good. I haven't played Malgar obviously because it's not ranked yet, but yeah, I mean for support at least it's quite fun. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, Frito, how are you rating it so far? Yeah, I think there's a lot of controversial changes with uh, Season 8 that I've seen a lot of people upset about. And as well, mixed reactions to Maga as a character, which we don't really understand. But this is just them, like, putting the gas pedal down with the counterpick metagame of this game. There's, like, cute things that people hate, like Winston's buff, where he goes through armor. But as a Winston player, I like knocking off Brig Armor with one charge shot. That feels great. Uh, I, I don't know if it's balanced or not, but that's just kind of how this game is. It's, like, all of a sudden, your hero has some wacky interaction against something and go run at it and enjoy. Like, that, that's what this game is for the most part. It's uh, very matchup reliant. And 
I think you can have fun if you uh, learn what those matchups are and, you know, counterpick. That's basically it. Um, opens up a wider discussion, though, of, like, how many heroes are you expected to play in this game, which is why I think they're finally talking about um, thinning that out somehow, because otherwise you get in these rather endless counterpick battles, not just in the tank category, of course, but in all of them. Um, and Maga is just like another insane just counterpick type hero because he gets countered and he counters. Um, so that's just, it's getting more severe. I'm not going to say worse because like I said earlier, I kind of like it in a way, but it's also pretty brutal. So that's, mm. that's my take. Yeah, a lot of good things to raise there and all again, points that we will touch on. SK, how about you? What's your overall feelings and impressions so far of everything you've seen and heard? Mm, I'm happy. I really like the new hero. He has a ton of depth, a lot more than I thought he would. And I, yeah, the new seasons are always fun to get your 50 wins, at least for the very week and like really high-low queue times are pretty, f the very first week, the queue times are really fast and super high-low, which is like really rare and all the lobbies are super stacked. So that's fun. Um, but I've been getting more like doomer about the patch notes as time goes on because I feel like Marga really opened my eyes up to see how bad this counterpicking thing is getting. But I'll talk about way more about that later. Well, obviously, a very uh, encouraged topic on this podcast. I, I, you know, perhaps the arch villain of the counter swapping <laughs> uh, hatred train is me. So uh, definitely, I think that that is kind of speaks to my feelings in Overwatch at the moment, which is that. I've never been a fan of the the counter swapping, and it just feels to have gotten to to a nth degree. And and we can talk about that as we when we do talking to the patch notes. But yeah, I think my personal assessment is that I think I think or what I think there's like these two simultaneous things that exist that are slightly contradictory, but not. Which is that I think the devs are doing a great job, and I'm not having fun. <laughs> That's like the two <laughs> stances that I feel. Which is that I think they're doing a great job of releasing stuff. There's a lot of hype around the game and they're like slowly building the foundations of a good game. It's just the direction that they're going is not one that I'm particularly happy with or particularly enjoy. And so my my personal, like the joy of Overwatch has been a little bit drained. Like I don't, like I play a fair amount, but almost it becomes after a while quite chore-ish. Like it feels like it starts to feel like a chore after a couple hours of playing Overwatch where previously, you know, it, it should feel like a joy. Now I'm like, oh, this again? Like, okay, they're going to fucking swap this again. Especially if you play tank. I think it's the worst where you're just like, I can't play two fights without, like, the whole enemy team just making my life miserable. Now I have to play into this. So there's a lot of factors to it that we can get into. But I think that's my overall feeling. I will say, Mog is really fun. And again, I think another element of some stuff that they're executing well is the kind of release of Mog has been, I think, very well received. He seems like a really fun dude, which I think is nice. He's like a really good character to add to the Overwatch spectrum. Um, and I do enjoy his kit, although I do feel... I'm, I'm curious with SK sauce because she said she's really kind of opened her eyes to Malga, but like it, my experience of playing him in quick play for a couple of days was just... It kind of brains down the game a little bit. It just becomes very spammy. It's just like you and the other tank. Or at least I mostly face Malga mirrors, so just me and the other Malga just spamming each other endlessly. And then you kind of get locked into these... De do or die duels where like because your mechanic of healing is self-healing through damage you're just kind of like well i can't actually escape this now i'm locked in this like i'm just gonna hold down m1 m2 and i hope that the abilities that everyone else is throwing 
impact this fight. Like, I hope my Kiriko cleanses me if they need me. I hope my Ana needs them or whatever it is, right? You're just kind of like, well, I can't, I can't stop because the minute I stop, my self-heal cuts and I die and I can't turn and run because I'll die in the process. So you're kind of like, I'm here and I'm shooting, which is in its own way fun. But yeah, I felt my brain dumbing down a little bit the longer I was playing Malga. So I had to stop for a while, but I will now defer to my guests as to what their experiences of Malga been. I'll go to SK first because you said you've kind of really enjoyed MSK, so talk to me about Malga. Yeah, so you're you're pretty much right about the mirror. The mirror feels a lot like whoever has its better supports wins, because there's not much, like, it's not hard to hit every single bullet on a target that big, and you're both just, like, sitting there shooting at each other. It comes more down to, like, cooldown usage, and you can outplay if the other guy has better supports. I think... The most interesting part about him and the depth the depth that I found was when I started using the charge to run away and not to go in. Because if you're playing like... It's more fun when you're playing against heroes that aren't Maga. But I was playing against like Zenyatta and Roadhog, which like if I get hooked and I'm a huge target, so I'm going to get hooked, I will get discorded and I'll get blown up immediately. But there's a lot of ways that you can play around that by like peeking getting the discord having the discord drop and then running in to like a place where the hog can't hook you because he can't hook you while you're running there's like there's so much to this and like whenever i'm playing against an ana if i get anti-nated i'll have i'll be like ready to take the anti-nade and then i'll run away and then as soon as her anti-nade is gone my cooldown is shorter than hers so i get to use my run to go back in it's like the really short cooldown of the run makes the hero have so much depth and i find it incredibly fun plus you can really min-max the way you use the primary fire and the secondary fire because it has a charge up time so whenever i'm super far range and i'm shooting someone to make them burn i'll be spam spam charging up my um my secondary fire my chat called it edging that's the best way I could think of <laughs> that's the easiest way to describe it but i'm holding left click and I'm, I'm edging my second one so then i let go of left click and the second one's instantly ready to start shooting them it saves you like a little bit of time and i don't know the hero just is so cool and the way you use your ult can be so creative like yeah, past the like just standing there and shooting at the other Maga and hoping your Ana is better. I, I love him so much. He's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and that's great to see. That's the kind of stuff that comes when you do grind a hero. I was talking to Yield and Yield was telling me that he's like, uh, I was like, um, I'm spending, what did he say, like 100 hours? Like, I want to get like 100 hours of Maga in before he drops into comp. So he's just like sat there hard <laughs> grinding the hero. And that's where we do see the benefit of, of players like yourself who love doing that kind of stuff because you see these nuances you see these like little minor interactions that otherwise go amiss again. Like I said, I was trying to get a non-Malga mirror and I just gave up. So I was like, fuck this shit. I'll find <laughs> out in comp how, how a non-Malga mirror looks like. Um, let's take it to Jaws next. Jaws, have you managed? You said you haven't played any Malga, but have you played any quick Whoa. play or... Hello guys, SCP here and the Goop Up podcast is back and I'd like to take just 30 seconds of your time to talk to you about two quick things. Firstly, Patreon. If you enjoy the content, then please do consider supporting directly because Patreon takes only about 10% of the money you give where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So if you'd like to support the podcast, then that is the best way to do so. Secondly, if you're someone who enjoys video essays or detailed analysis of movies, TV, or anime, then please do check out my second channel, The Soak, where I'll be making videos about those kind of topics much more frequently and where a lot of my attention will go beyond just Overwatch. It would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would check it out. But that's it for now. Let's head back to the discussion.
Yeah, like a little, like a very, very small amount, like nothing crazy. So my, I, I only play ranked pretty much. I don't really play quick play or anything like that. So it's a bit, and I don't play tank either. So I'm like, oh, you know, I don't play either of those things that are required right now to talk about Malga. But like on the surface of things, I think SK is right. Like, and especially with how long the hero's been out for, no one's going to have found like the way to min max the hero which will happen you know a few months down the line where it's like oh my god wait Malga's actually kind of op maybe i don't think that will necessarily be the case because of just how the hero is designed like how big of a target he is like hog size he's got a little bit of arm which is better than hog but like you need to be shooting people like to get health back and his sustain is like kind of strange compared to like a lot of other tanks um i don't particularly think the hero is very going to be very good at like super high level because supports just dominate him like it's crazy how good they are against him like Ana specifically zen like even something like lucio could do a number on him because what he's playing at range like kind of poking and then you're kind of like stepping up like a skip and like oh, oh little shoot and then oh, i'm gonna run back because it got discorded and then it's just like you're playing that game of like i'm trying to make you burn cooldowns kind of by like walking up and then i have to pedal back and then i can go in with my shift and then, like, Lucio can just be like, well, anyway, we're going to speed out now. Like, as soon as you go in. Like, I think there's a lot of things that can kind of count him in the support lineup. But I also, it's kind of more of a meta point about, like, heroes and in relation to Malga. I don't think he has to be good at all. And I don't think any hero that is released has to be good at the highest level and, like, oh, must must pick. Like, Sigma, you know, the, at least in the last patch. A little bit this patch as well. He's still very good. And, like, Poke is still very, very strong. Like, He's sometimes feels like a must pick. Um, I don't think any hero that is released needs to be that. And I think as long as the hero is fun for like the very casual audience and like for the majority of people, I think that's fine. He doesn't have to be good. He, you know, you can, he, he just has to be able to kill people and like feel impact in the game. And I think Malga does that with his ultimate. You know, if you trap five people in, you're going to die instantly. But like if you trap one or two, you can feel very impactful in the game. And I think that's what's the most important thing about heroes being released now whereas obviously this whole counterpicking thing is coming up but Malga I don't think he's going to get counterpicked that often because you're just probably not going to see him at least a high level so but so I think yeah I think it's a big success with the hero and design and like the character as well is very cool like he's a pretty sick character they did the Overwatch take oh sorry the um play Overwatch Twitter takeover with Malga it was that was pretty sweet like all these small little things so the personality of the hero is cool so yeah I think overall it's good um is he a good hero? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I think it's fine. In the esports side of things, are people going to be picking him? No. <laughs> There's just no way. That hero doesn't really offer as much as like, you know, Winston does or like a Sigma does kind of thing. So, so but that's fine. Yeah, and that's a very interesting perspective. It's exactly why, you know, I like bringing on different brands of people because I think that the current perception that I've seen amongst you know, people in my community or people who come into my stream it's like, Malga fucking OP, man. Like, he just does so much damage. He's like, uh. So, like, I think especially because they buffed him a lot in the, in the before, you know, they made him public. They've, they've given him extensive buffs in the patch. And this is what I want to lead Frito yeah. to is that they've obviously said always they want the safe side of strong, right? And I, I assume that's what these buffs are intended to bring Malga to is they want him to be the safe side of strong so that when he launches, everyone's like, yeah, I want to play this hero. And then presumably later, I don't know if that'll be before he comes in the comp. Or if they feel like, actually, this is fine, they might tone him back. But how do you find him to be, especially with the eye to the majority of players? Joel is kind of saying, and I and I take his word for it, that probably in Super High Elo, we're not going to, or at least pro play, we're not going to see him 
Do you think he's going to at all fit into people's normal games? Yeah, for sure. There's quite a few ranked pub stomper tank picks, and it's good for the game because as they keep adding heroes with these unique mechanics that do unique things, not everybody learns how to play against them. And as the hero roster grows, just have, having a pocket pick of X, Y, or Z hero will get more value just because not everyone's going to remember exactly how you're supposed to deal with it. So to expand on a lot of the good points that were made already, but for sure, I think the thing, there's things that people playing as Maga don't really understand. There's people, things that countering him, I think they don't understand. So for sure, the low cooldown on the shift. Um, I don't think people really realize what the benefit of having an unstoppable movement cooldown like that means it means you can play positions that no other tank could really get to because if you try to dart across the formation as ryan or something you would just get destroyed you would never do that right but maga can do that and get to a new spot so he's sort of like a leapfrogging roadhog in a way where hog has the big damage that you know what to expect but he kind of needs to camp right maga can go from a to b to a to b and then what uh, i think a lot of players don't realize if you're struggling to counter him is like because he's unstoppable you cannot use that on a cooldown until after the ability is used, and you might have already gotten knocked into the ground, like knocked into the dirt. So you can literally run it and out of, and be kind of okay in some cases. So there's like these really knife edge uh, interactions where he can outplay you in the way that we might imagine a tank can. Now he also gets outplayed, and as you as you learn, you need to use that uh, really quick. I think it's five seconds, right, on the on the ship. If I'm not mistaken, five or six which for a movement cooldown in a tank is really low. Does anybody remember what it is? Am I right on that? I feel like that's it's what it six. was in my memory. It's six, right? Uh, Winston's yeah, yeah. Leap is five, for example. Like these are ones that are good for staging. Um, and we mentioned Yiddle earlier too. A guy like that is good to look to in moments like these because he wrote the book on Wrecking Ball, for example, which is a character everyone was like, what do we do with him? I don't know. He's weird. He kind of goes in and out. And oddly enough, like Maga, we're going to think about him for his tank destruction abilities. But I think the thing that's unique about him is like he can kind of get in and out of the fight similar to the way Ball might in terms of staging then collapsing and going back in. So um, and then he has the best ult in the game it, it, from the tank category. Anyway, like it's really hard to toss more ults in at the Maga who uses a good cage fight and win because you have a shield automatically that zones out a lot of things but then he gets infinite ammo and then if you ever life if he has his life still cooldown he doesn't get anteed so like there's so many ways that that ult like just lasts forever it kind of reminds me of when ramatra came out and it was like wow an infinite ult is kind of good if uh you don't outplay it properly like it, it's i don't know if the what the duration on cage fight is but it just feels like it lasts forever and there's a lot of support ults specifically that don't outlast it and it's pretty rare that a tank ult is like beating support utility nowadays and so to have one that can pretty reliably, I think, is uh, is quite good. But that all being said, um, one other major counter is like if you just manage your defenses on any defensive tank, maybe like D.Va, and eat when he has cardiac overdrive, he's like not a character all of a sudden. Like they improved his poke, they improved this, they improved that, but he has no sustain if you... Um, damage mitigate in any way really when he has cardiac overdrive then he'll just fall over and probably tilt swap because um the character becomes very boring um perhaps a bad thing though for the counterpick a thon game 
is like there's a lot of tanks where he's hilariously easy into <laughs> we're like you know a winston primal it's like it does not look that good like in isolation right like in team player or whatever winston might still out outplay it but like from a solo queue perspective it's like you're just gonna try to, it's like a brick wall of a character that will kind of roll you so anyway i i think he's fun i saw a lot of negative criticism online actually a lot of uh players tired of these like shooty tanks um maybe wanting more of a old school play style mm -hmm. obviously like there's things like orisa was praised for her rework originally and then we're like orisa mirrors are terrible and if we're already starting to get tired of maga mirrors like that's certainly not a thing we want but i think for the things i said earlier luckily he's like he'd be too easy to counter like one thing you have to worry about with overwatch heroes right is like is that if the counter is too easily my mic is chasing me hold on if <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was attacking Did anybody see that uh if the counter is like too easily marked by other things like if what i just said about like sig or diva or something if that's too easily countered then maga somehow wins like if a supportability somehow uh does that but i don't think that's going to happen so for me i think he'll always be relegated to pocket pick like rank right. pub stomper status which is totally fine uh hard agree with everyone who also said that so it's my skill yeah. on MAGA. Cool guy as well. Cool character. I don't know. Kind of a crazy dude. I SV, I saw your video about Kiriko. Oh my goodness. This, <laughs> this broke my soul because I hadn't thought that deeply about it. And as someone with an English degree, I probably should have noticed these things. But like MAGA actually has a character. So that's good. That's a good start for the design. Anyway. No, yeah. I mean, Frito's referring to a video I made uh, on my second channel called Kiriko's a Boring Character. Uh, and this kind of goes into like... It just kind of goes into like how it started off on a on a Reddit thread where someone was like Kiriko's voice actor is just the worst, and I was like actually it's not it's not the voice actor if you just pay attention to all her voice interactions they're just awful and lack any sort of like meaningful personality. So I kind of did it like a deep dive on like I kind of did a deep dive into like all her voice lines and then compared them to the cinematic where like in the cinematic she has like a personality and it's like Disney princess, and then all of a sudden you get into the game and she's just like this very bland dry character whose like only real appeal is like vague snarkiness um so i was kind of like going into this but i completely agree with frida where malga actually has like and i prefer when Overwatch do this where they make characters who kind of it's it's okay to have a simplified character i think i think one of the banes of, of modern character design is people want to make every character like the main hero in a way like the main protagonist where they're like oh they're cool but they're also like this but they're also like that and they also like this like they they like Liechtenstein art, but they also like street fights. They're they're really depth and complex, right? It's like, and they did that a little bit with Malga, where they're like, you think he's dumb, but he's actually really smart. But I still think he's kind of like bombastic enough to just be understandable as a character and not so so complex. It's like, well, who is he actually? Like, I get we want human beings to be complex, but like, who is this guy? So I do, like you said, I appreciate that about Malga, and I think that's where everyone has received him so well. Where it's like, you know what? Sometimes we just need a a massive dude with bulging pecs and uh, nipple physics. Let's go. Like, jiggle physics, let's go. We need this. Give the people what so they true. want. So true. You had me till the end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what I was asking for specifically, but the rest of it was great. Well, a lot of, a lot of the community, you know, they, they did. Even if even if you got to put your personal desires aside here. You got to got the greater good. I, I, I just want to go in a little bit more. I mean, we, we're still learning about Malga, and we'll have, a, like, a full Malga debate at some point when, we're, when he's in comp and stuff. But just going a little bit more before we move on, uh, SK, how do you feel about like aspects of his kit, like the ultimate, for example? We talked about like the shift and the damage. But Frito says, you know, maybe the best oh. tank ultimate in the game. I think I think Yield tweeted that 
uh, it's better than Ram's alt on release, but he was like, but we're not ready to have that conversation yet. So how do you, how do you weigh in? I think I suck with it then. Because <laughs> I have not had the same experience. I, um, But I also still haven't figured out how to use it optimally. And it's also a lot of the time I'm using it in Maga mirrors, which right. is like... And then they also there, do it. There is some nuance to it, though, because if you use yours second, you can slightly offset it and then use yours as a shield inside of his ult. And he can't shoot you, which is pretty cool. But... I don't know. It seems like it gets broken so quickly. There, there are, it's it's very like difficult to know when to use it. And there are a lot of times where I'll try and trap someone, and then I'll just die. I'll like, it's like the I'm not trapped in here with you kind of thing. You're trapped in yeah, here with right. me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely an insane old. I I think I'm just not using it correctly. I, I'll I'll need to watch some needle. Yeah, I, I share your experiences, honestly. From whatever I played, I was kind of like, I feel like this could be really good, but I'm just throwing most of the time with it. Like, yeah. I'm the one who dies. Also, if there's a life weaver, it's just like, well, this ult is shit yeah, now because that guy just gets out. yoinked the fuck out. I had I had yeah. this, like, the painful... It was like one of those stupid moments where you slap your head repeatedly where you're like, okay, they have a life weaver. I gotta bear in mind, I can't solo ult a guy with the yeah. cage. And then I'm like, freak, like, I had the object permanence of a plat player and I just like, they, I do it. And then they <laughs> yoink them out yesterday. and I'm like, well... I'm just fucking yeah. stood in here now, and uh, I can't leave the cage. <laughs> so this is—I look like an idiot now. So there's, there's definitely a lot like, of cool uses for it. That, yes, that, like, I agree. Like just using it as a shield for your team without even trapping anyone. Sometimes would be really cool. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. I no, just, no, I, I go ahead. In. That's absolutely, absolutely correct. I think also like when you when we get a bit more of an idea of the geometry elements of it, because what you can do is you yeah. can do some neat things where you can like trap people in like a sort of corner where they're like pinned against this area yeah they can't jump up kind right of thing. and then you can kind of like all bulldoze them into that one corner and then and then you're kind of really winning but so often as well yeah. I, I didn't have the estimation of like the the length of it so i would like think i'm gonna get three people and then i only get like you know one person yeah I, does anyone know is it the same size as your e like when you press your e you have a radius around you is the cage the same size of that i think it is but i'm not 100 percent sure but that's I'm what I was sure using either. as a guide because I kept on missing. <laughs> yeah, I definitely whiffed it a lot. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think there's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, and I do look forward to seeing what the results come out when, you know, inevitably he drops in the rank and we're going to see eight streamers do an unranked GM yeah. on Malga. <laughs> uh, and we'll all yeah. learn a little uh, bit. My favorite content. Yes, the everlasting I, tree. Just I just think the ultimate. His, his ultimate is really interesting and the way i like look at tank ultimates is like how how impactful are they and how easy is it to get a kill after hitting an ult so like if you get a shatter it's pretty easy to get a kill they're on the ground unless they get saved by something grip suzu or like you know uh just you can just heal people through it sometimes if no one's focusing but the majority of the time you hit a shatter people are going to shoot the motherfuckers that are on the ground um grav it can be easy. Obviously, there's a lot of counterplay to this with transcendence, you know, beat, etc. But like in isolation, like how easy is it to get a kill like quickly with the Malgoro? And I don't think it is. I don't think on the surface, on the surface, again, because he's not in ranked because I've not played against like good Malgoro players or anything, it's quite hard to tell. But for me on the surface, like it doesn't seem like a good ult. Like Flux is sick. It does percent damage. It 
brings everyone up in the air. Everybody who has decent aim can just shoot them before they even reach the ground. So the lamp doesn't even do anything. You know, transcendence obviously helps that, but you have to extend for that. And, you know, beat again does help. There's a lot of kind of counterplays to that. But like Flux is an unbelievable ult. Malga's does not seem that way at all. Like Annihilation on release, infinite. And like, I, I like what Frida said, like infinite ults are pretty damn good. But Malga, I think, just is going to get focused down. And I think the way you end up playing with the ultimate, it would feel like you want to trap a D.Va or like a, a Winston or like someone that's like diving into your team and you just like grab them. Grab someone that has like high mobility and then you can just burst them down kind of thing and then just try and focus. Hopefully they don't get saved somehow, you know. But um, on the surface of it, it doesn't seem crazy impactful. Maybe there are going to be some crazy niche uses and maybe you do just use it as a shield kind of thing and you just, boom, you pop it out and then your team can like push up onto a high ground or like do something, you know. Maybe you don't need to trap um, five people. And I think if you do trap five people, you're fucking dead. Like you just, you're just going to fall over. Like. Um, I think it's going to be much more of a if you can get one or maybe two, like that's good. And if you can actually secure the kill, then that's great. But other than that, and like an ultimate tier list, it's probably near the bottom. But um, I mean, we'll see what you can come up with after a hundred hours of playing and what crazy rank players are going to pick them up and actually do well with them. But it feels like it, it, ultimates are supposed to be this big, like boom, big part of the kit. But I, I think compared to some of his other abilities, yeah, meh. It's it's okay. It's it's very okay. It's definitely on the lower end of the the tier list for ultimates right now, at least. That's fair. And again, this is where it's always interesting. This is these are the most most exciting parts of a hero release. I think is when we don't know. I think once yeah. we once we know, it becomes a lot more boring. It's just like oh, okay, yeah, that's that's how they do it. Okay. Fine, fine. I think I think the opposite actually. When you know, it becomes a lot more fun because that's that, your that's your tryhard mentality. Yeah, there's counterplay there and there's new ways to play around things. So when you do know something that's going to happen, then you can play around that and you can actually react. Your team can react. Um, just like reacting against Flux. Like, okay, he's got Flux. You want to split, you know, supports. You don't want to stand next to each other and hold hands. I think that's the most fun part about it. Yeah. That's right. That, that's your no. that's your Overwatch nerd top five hundred ideology. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just like I'm just like, what does it do? And then like the fun ends for me when we all figure it out. Like, okay, fine, we know what it does. Spilo actually in my chat says Malgalt has ridiculous team play potential. Easily one of the better alts in the game. Using it for just yeah. a shield alone auto wins matchups. Don't even want to use it for big groups unless you're purposely comboing. So again, I, I'm I'm very excited by the various uh you know split opinions on it. Uh, so I look forward to seeing where it does land. Any more thoughts on either the ult or just Mao Mauga in general before we move on deeper into the patch notes, SK or Frito? I thought a way to explain it. Um, a Winston bubble. Would you want five people inside your bubble as Winstons? Probably not. You yes, want to sir. split them. So it, in the same way, you place it in the same exact kind of way where you're splitting the difference on half the team. And the... Ability stack in this game is, like, so crucial to, well, do they have anti on you? Like, an Ana might duel you in the ult. <laughs> yeah, like, that can happen for sure. But if you get nano, like, then you probably can trap the whole team. I think, like, the really life-stealing with infinite ammo is the trick, I think. Because you can fight five if you have your E. It's the E, right? Cardiac over overdrive with infinite ammo. Yeah. Like, if you target priority, right? It's like, the thing is... A lot of these other ults do have counters, but if you land this ult perfectly, there's no ult that beats it. Not one, from the support category anyway, that I can think of, because you will outheal all of them. It's like they, they try to talk, because when you split them in that way, the enemy have to decide. There's a big 
shield in the way. How do I interact with these people trapped inside? Do I jump in? Do I like not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a hard decision for them to make. And uh, you just keep going forever and ever and ever life stealing. And yeah, I think that's how you win. It's like, if, but in the end, after everyone learns that in like a rank context, I don't know what happens. Like, is it going to get to the point where people execute it well enough that you just don't even engage with it? Or I don't know, like it, it's tricky. It's like, I think a character like Roadhog, for example, is like a good comparison where people underrate him for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden you start to remember like, wow, whole hog actually is like a super free kill. <laughs> and then you forget about it. So again, I said this earlier, but it's like, it's one of those mechanics that you forget how to outplay it properly. And then it rolls you. So, um, yeah, especially for specific overwatch two moments that tend to happen. Cause there's a lot of sustain in the game having an ult that you can put on the checkpoint. Oh, oh another thing I forgot to mention, because I think we're going to, I'm going to attempt to uh, speak up for my homeboys, Sam and Flats, who weren't on today's show. So whenever I have a chance, I'll interject some 6v6 propaganda, but also yes. tank propaganda, because I'm willing to bet, I don't think Flats would say that Earthshatter is one of the stronger ults. So just throwing that out there, uh, uh, getting like, especially with the stun nerf. So, that's my tank propaganda take that uh you know fluxes are hard to hit cage fight reliable engagement every time two out with my flux we'll, we'll need to learn again time. again i could be wrong but it, it's like it's too it's too hard to know this early it's too complicated basically of a an ability to know how it's gonna fall at the end of the day and then there's us um in and ring, and then i get hawk in my chat who says this hero is a must pick right now he can only lose to sigma on a certain map so boom the opinions <laughs> that's crazy oh, opinions are flying i love to see it i love this is exactly thank you guys for coming in and giving your opinions in chat as well i love to see it uh so i again i'm looking forward to the chaos when he drops in a rank and we all learn with a face full of experience whether he actually is yeah, good i'm or ready not. to be wrong i'm just saying i'm ready to be wrong I don't you think could be right, right now, too you could be right too you know you could I be mean, like i trust there. hawk more than most to be fair if hawk's saying that then actually you know i'll, I I'll go away for a minute and uh think about it because yeah if hawk is saying something like that shit like yeah, maybe maybe he's OPOP, I don't know. SK, any more thoughts on Malga before we move on? Nope. No. Okay. Okay. So let's move on. Then we'll go through the patch notes themselves first, and then we can uh go back and discuss stuff like I'm just showing my chat on screen here, Winter Wonderland, Weapon Skins, Battle of the Beasts. I don't think we'll really need to discuss too much of them, but we can go back to them later. Uh obviously we'll go back to Hero Mastery and stuff as well. I don't think we need to discuss endorsement level changes radical changes uh actually maybe a word on the unranked lever penalties because this has actually been a surprisingly hot topic at least amongst the average player i found the casual player a lot of people really have been bothered by the unranked lever penalties and i keep getting people you know kind of coming in and complaining about it so i'll just read what changes they've made currently and what it'll bring it to and then i'm curious as to your guys opinion which is that now what they've said is that they said they're quite happy with how this is going, and in order to further discourage players from repeatedly leaving games, they're going to make it so that in quick play, they're going to make it so that leaving 4 out of 20 of your last games played will result in a 20-minute suspension from being able to queue for most game modes, including unranked and competitive, and leaving 6 out of your last 20 games will result in a 4-hour suspension from unranked and competitive. So it is uh, steep stuff. If, but at the same time, the, the point being that it's one out of five of your games and then one out of three, roughly, of your games. So that's a lot of your games to be leaving before you leave, reach these penalties. Um, SK, what are your thoughts? I mean, have, is it something that's come up in your discussions? Hmm. 
I didn't know the penalties were that bad. That's pretty crazy. But I, I didn't really understand why people were complaining about it. Because why would you leave quickly? So but I totally get it. I totally get it. If you have like kids or something like that, is that why they're complaining? Or is it because they want to rage quit games? Because... I think it's more the latter. I think the former gets used as the like as an yeah. argument. But I think from what just to, just to set up the discussion, I think what I've seen a lot of people say is basically I think the most common thing that's happening is that people get into games and they're like, I don't want to be in this game anymore, right? I don't like my team. I don't like the situation. I don't like that we're losing. I don't like the map, whatever it is, and they just want to leave. And obviously, this is disincentivizing them from doing it. And then the counter argument that people are saying is that what it creates is that now I'm throwing in my games rather than leaving the game. I'm going to throw the game because I don't want to be here, but I can't leave. So that's what that's what people are saying it may create. I see. I think it does create that, but it's their fault. Just play the game. Quit being a little bitch. I don't know. <laughs> quick play is way too sweaty. I, like I, I've been playing a lot of quick play lately, just because like long streams you don't want to play ranked for like 12 hours straight dude i get flamed for playing casually i'm like i'm like top 500 you know what if i'm like gold then i'll get flamed even more people are like three and five on hanzo gg or yesterday i had a ryan leave because fariha was playing widow on lejong tower and he was like swap off widow she was like no he just left i think people like that should get punished for leaving games like quit being a baby damn <laughs> It's so annoying. I, I like the lever penalties. I mean, to it's be fair, you're fault. probably... Go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. That's all. It's their fault. I was just going to say that you probably Bro. are being matchmade even in even in quick play. So, but I but as quick play is sweaty. I think in many ways, sometimes quick play is sweatier than comp because people lock in the comp and they're like, I feel like I feel like one tricking Zenyatta today. But then in, in yeah. quick play, people are like, I got to get that fucking challenge win today, my guy. I'm going to fucking counter swap everything that they're doing. So like people actually... Yeah. Jaws, you said this is your experience as well. Like quick play is more sweaty yeah, than comp. Like Every now and then I play quick play. I've never heard people, I've never, well, I don't join voice in quick play, but I've never seen more people type in quick play than I like. I see it maybe once or twice in ranked, but it's normally someone on the other team knows somebody and they're like poking fun or whatever or just saying whatever, right? And then in quick play, it's like, holy shit, people are writing motherfucking yeah. novels out here, just like flaming people, or like, you know, we should do this. Like, I'm like, bro, like, what? Like, I don't know. I play quick play, like I said, every now and then I just go in lock widow, no, no matter the map, and it's fun. Because I just get to walk around and kill people, you know, like. But yeah, it's 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 strange. I think that's a good thing that we have lever penalties. Because my god, like the amount of times I get backfield, it's like I'm like okay with being backfield. Because if I lose, it doesn't matter because it's quick play. I don't care that much. But like, my god, it's insane. Like how many people like leave games near the end or like halfway through? I join a game and it's like midtown and they have like four minutes on the time bank. I'm like, and I'm on the obviously the other team. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> God damn, I'm not surprised half the team got down left because they got stomped that hard. You look and there's like a soldier with 17 limbs and zero deaths. And I'm like, you should probably play that, you know, I can understand why people leave, but if you're leaving like that much, then you probably should get a temp ban. A four hour ban is quite a long time. That's like, the way I think about that is like, that's an evening for somebody. But if you've also left that much, then fair enough. Like maybe you should get temp banned for the evening because... If you do like work a nine six and you come home, you're playing on like PS4 or whatever, and like you just keep leaving games and like then you get banned, like that's your evening gone if you for Overwatch at least, right? You literally have to go play something else because you haven't probably don't have four hours to spend just playing games in the evening uh, on a weekday. So maybe maybe four hours is a little bit long, but 
still if you're leaving games that repeatedly then yeah probably it also causes a nightmare for the matchmaker as well which probably slows down queue times um so there's probably some back-end reason why they're also bringing up these these ban rates uh, a little bit here but yeah i think i think it's fine frito you, you kind of raised your eyebrows when sk told her when to fucking stop being a bitch but uh <laughs> do you feel like well it's said. a good thing um i got hit with one actually because when i wait for my friends to get on i might play quick play and then leave and i guess over the course of a couple sessions um i left too many games within the allotted amount and then i got a small little ban i was like oh shoot and that's changed my behavior anyway um where i just don't leave them anymore i just let them play out so um they had a bit of a discussion on if they want to make another queue that's like properly un like properly quick play like fun quick play let's say and then maybe a unrated competitive rule set which i would assume probably would be you play both sides partial lever penalty i tend to think splitting queues splits the player player base splits the matchmaking and i'd prefer not that i think everyone should just uh adapt to the new rule set and just don't leave your unrated is actually what it's called in this game but um or unranked or whatever it is don't leave i don't know play play the game out i think like also there's a weird psychology with this game and this the the player base we have which i wish it would adapt um and perhaps the format will help ease those that aren't interested in this but this is a game about countering the enemy strategies it it's been incentivized and pushed like so hard um we might have argued in overwatch one that like was a mechanic they dreamed would be good but wasn't good it's actually good at this game perhaps maybe even too good um so it's like it's always kind of winnable because there's so many heroes in your role that you could swap to to like try something else so i i wish more people were interested in that but maybe that's just a, a thing i like and for those that don't want to do that they are testing new formats so we will see in the future yeah, it's interesting that we've ended up in this world because obviously for the longest time, for those who maybe aren't OG Overwatch 1 players, for the longest time in Overwatch 1, quick play was just not, it just didn't really work for even being a fun casual mode because it was like this back before roll queue, it was just like five DPS locks all the time, right? Like you just couldn't even get a remotely sane comp. <laughs> yeah. So if you were just like, I want to just chill, because, you know, if you're queuing ranked, you're you're getting a similar thing where, you know, three people lock a DPS and you're like, shit, I got to fill. And then you go to quick play and you're like, maybe now I can try the DPS here I want to play. No, this is five DPS lock. So it wasn't even it wasn't even working at a base level for the longest time. Then we got to roll lock and it did sanit it sanitized quick play a lot. Quick play became, I remember Frito and I had these discussions on the podcast stuff. Quick play became better than comp in many ways because you could kind of, play a sane comp and it was fun but didn't have the sweaty try hard elements of comp and you could kind of experiment and mess around and people didn't take it so seriously but then Overwatch 2 came around and they added the battle pass incentives to quick play and I think that's really the driver that turned it into this sweat fest where whenever I hop into quick play because I don't care about these challenges right I, I give zero fucks about my battle pass I couldn't even tell you how many battle passes I have or not completed beyond just being able to tell you which mythic skins I do and don't have, right? I don't ever keep track of what my battle pass level is. So I'll be like, why are people so sweaty in quick play? And my child will be like, the challenge is SCB, the challenge is they got to get their wins today. Like they got to get the wins on this thing or that thing. And that's created this dynamic where now quick play is barely the thing it's supposed to be, right? It's like it's gone the other way now where it's so sweaty that you can't even quick play with any desire to have fun in the game. 
So it is interesting that we're discussing this third queue almost like a you know like what will be a quick play plus and then a normal quick play. It's kind of like a yeah a beast of their own making, which leads nicely into me talking about the alt chart swapping thing. Unless anyone else has anything more to add on the quick play situation. I think if quick play is sweaty because of those challenges, they should just make it so you only have to play games and you don't have to win. I think the uh, the K-pop arcade game mode was the greatest example of that, where you had to score enough points. That game mode oh, was harder than Overwatch League lobbies. Oh, I didn't get that title yeah. either because it no, was impossible. Everyone was trying so hard. It was it ridiculous. It was Diva Kiri Brig. Every yeah, game, every and no game. one dies. Like, and if you oh, played God, anything awful. else, you get flamed because everyone <laughs> yeah. needs their points. That wasn't meta in that because people yeah. figured out the meta like that, and it was just boring. Like, yep. oh, dude, I got, I, did, I got maybe a three wins or something. I didn't even get four hundred. I got like a hundred points or some shit like that. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing. Like, I played I can, two but, hours in one one yeah. game. <laughs> it was grueling. It was actually grueling. It's yeah, so, it's so silly. I like the idea though, like uh, doing yeah. not like. Uh, although to be fair, do. It especially the daily ones is like one win. Like if you are sweating hard to get one win, like bro, you know, so that maybe there's something wrong there. But like I kind of understand for the weekly ones because it's like oh win X amount of games or like the event ones where it's like wins count as double, which is like half like participation and then half like winning. But um, yeah, damn, I don't know, man. It's quick play. I don't think quick play should ever be separated to two queues. I think that does dilute it a little bit because in quick play there's still like an MMR thing where like it will loosely base your MMR because like SK is not going to go up against brand new accounts like fresh out of the like oh yeah. I downloaded my first game on my new PC and it, let's try this Overwatch game and then you're just like pounding them into the dirt making them quit like so <laughs> splitting that up even further is gonna it, it will increase matchmaking times I would imagine and it it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel right um, to do that because people always complain about matchmaking times and you can't really have the most casual mode even if it does feel try hard have like long queue time yeah, yeah I, I like sweaty quick play <laughs> I like yeah. it I mean it some people of, like that too yeah. right yeah I, I prefer it this way I'd rather I'd rather that because I, I get annoyed when people aren't really trying or I'm, I'm not one of these people who like mm. you know AFKs or emotes just to troll like I I, I want to get in there let's go you know, even if you've got a, a, a Widowmaker on Li Zhang, Reinhardt, you know, you can you can swap your hero too. You know, swap swap around, adapt to your team, play the play the game they're playing. Or counter the enemy. It's not hard. Lots of heroes to do it. And I can tell what, what, what you're extrapolating your philosophy there why you're having so much fun right now in Overwatch, because you know, this is it's like it is that it's more, I guess, if you want to call it tactical, tactical element of like there is a theory crafting element. There is a let's let's construct our comp in the way to beat theirs comp. So it's like I, I definitely see how you are enjoying it a lot more. Uh, but this leads us to the to the to the counter swap discussion and the ultimate charge change. So obviously they've changed now the twenty five percent to fifteen percent. I'll just quickly read the developer comments here because I I do want to go off a little bit. So you'll have to forgive me guys, but I, to do that I need to I need to read the thing out loud so I can then actually analyze the statement. So developer comments say, swapping heroes is fundamental to the gameplay of Overwatch and this ultimate charge refund mechanic has done a great job of decreasing friction there. It has helped matches feel less one-sided as it functions as a soft comeback mechanic. However, it's also helped reinforce the perception that it's most always an advantage to counter swap upon dying, which ideally isn't always true and requires some consideration due to how powerful ultimate abilities can be. 
we are reducing the amount of ultimate charge preserved by a significant amount in order to see if the increased cost of switching meaningfully impacts player behavior while retaining the benefits this mechanic provides. So the part, I, I mean, I'll just put it out there that, you know, I'm obviously biased in the sense that I've been against this from the go, right? I've been literally this, the minute they announced it, Frida was on this podcast and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like the direction it's going. The part I don't really, the part I extremely dislike though, is that opening sentence that swapping heroes is a fundamental to the gameplay of Overwatch. Because if we go back, if we take a trip in time, my friends, to the launch of Overwatch 2, the developers said, guys, we've crunched the statistics, we looked at the numbers, nobody swaps. I'm sorry to inform you, 80%, 80%, the majority of players play like two to three heroes, nobody swaps. And for that reason, we are going to paywall the heroes. Because we think heroes are the most fundamental part of Overwatch, it is the most marketable thing that we can sell. And so we're going to paywall the heroes because if you wanted the hero, you would get it anyways. And the heroes you don't want, you would ignore. So to come around a year later, when we've kind of accepted the hero paywalling is kind of like, a, this is this is Overwatch now. To me, this statement is gaslighting. This is like a case in point of like, we are trying to make you believe that something that happened didn't actually happen. And it's just like, this has always been the way. It's always been the way that counter swapping has been a thing. Hold up a minute, guys. You said counter swapping wasn't a thing. And that's why you were establishing certain mechanics of, of uh, transactions in your own game. And then guess who changed it to make it a thing? You guys. You guys added the thing that made it 30% to 25% to now 15%. You added a mechanic that incentivizes hero swapping. And the cynical interpretation would be, and I don't necessarily believe this, but it's certainly an interpretation is this is done simply to incentivize you to have all the heroes in your roster, i.e. pay for them. Because eventually, the more the counter swapping exists, the more you eventually might run into the problem that you don't have the hero that you need to counter swap into, you lose the matchup now, and you're punished for not owning all the heroes. Where previously, again, if we were to abide by the hero swapping doesn't exist, pick the hero you like to play, that wouldn't exist. So I find it quite irksome, that we're kind of trying to pretend that hero swapping is like, it's just a accident of Overwatch as it's always been the way. I know Samito would say this is an inevitable 5v5 mechanic and Hawk as well, maybe if he's still listening, would say this is actually a consequence of 5v5 and certainly it compounds it. But this idea that the perception, oh, it, it, we, we wanted to do this to reduce friction. Well, by your own standards, the friction didn't exist. Players didn't have a problem with not swapping. You created a solution to a problem that didn't exist. And now you're saying, oh, we just wanted there to reduce friction from the players. And it's created this perception. You guys have made this perception that counter swapping is a problem, that it must always be done. It's like, you guys can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You can't say that it's like something that just happened and players love doing it, but it's like, oh no, it's just like, it's just perceived advantage. It's not, it's not, it's not something that actually meaningfully makes an impact when we all know it does. So... I am a little bit upset about this, as you can tell. Um, but I also understand that a lot of people embrace and love the world of counter-swapping. Um, I just think that this is kind of lying, to be honest. I think it's kind of like, you kind of you just own it. You made this mechanic and you want this to, to be the direction. Own it, but then also rectify it with your own claims of why you were paywalling the heroes in the first place. Uh, I'm curious if any of your thoughts... Frito, maybe you want to chime in. Or maybe Jaws. Jaws yes. is taking a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> Jaws first. I think we well, both have probably a lot to say. You can go first, though. Uh, I like count swapping. I think it's uh, a core part of the game, and it's fun. I think 
picking a hero for the right situation is fun. There's a lot of times I think in the game, especially when you look outside of like pro play, that you can you don't even have to counter swap. And it's just like, man, you can just play it. If you're good enough at the hero, you can just play it. You can play a Genji into like, you know, Winston and just everything that kind of counts Genji, right? Like you can play him if you're good enough. Um, and I think they're I, I would I want to give them the benefit of the doubt in a way and say they're probably right initially that most players don't swap because I think 80% of the player base is super casual and they jump on a couple hours a night maybe or maybe a couple of times a week for a few hours and they play Genji and they play Farah and they play Junk. I don't know. You know, three projectile heroes. And they just really like playing those three. And it's just like, yeah, this is really fun, you know, just like fucking around with their friend. Um, for for like ranked players, is probably there's probably some I would imagine some like weird disparity where like ranked players swap a ton more, and the casual player base and like a lot of people that play more casually, um, they don't because they just like to jump in and play their own heroes. Um, the the whole like perception thing is quite interesting because their perception does turn into reality eventually, and I think there's like a really good like game design analogy where. Like this is a long time ago in um, like an FPS game where players were complaining this shotgun was underpowered um, when it actually did the same amount of damage as another shotgun. It just had a different model and different sound. And then they like changed how the gun sounded and they made it a bigger like boom, you know, a bigger shotgun bang, you know. And then the players were reporting, oh, it feels way better. But they didn't change anything as much as the sound. And like what, I, what that kind of relates to is the perception of like counter swapping like, I think there's a little bit of, of truth to that in a way. And like, maybe we do perceive counter swapping having way more, but that's probably because we're noticing it more because we're paying attention to it. So for me, I don't necessarily think there's a problem with counter swapping. And like, I think it's just a core element to the game that allows you, like League of Legends, you can't do that. Apex, you can't do that. You know, you can't swap like mid round, Valorant. You know, Rainbow Six, like you can't swap mid-round um, when you switch sides, obviously, uh, in certain games you do. But I think at the end of the day, you are uh, you are launching into a game and sometimes you are, you know, expected to like counter swap. Maybe you don't have the heroes. But I also think that's a main dr money driver for the company and for the game and for like Big Blizzard, uh, like above Team 4, that, you know, is kind of incentivizing like, hey, we do need to make money from this game. And Heroes is probably the best way to do that. And I think it's just an unfortunate reality that maybe count swapping um, is becoming a problem or a perceived problem. But I personally just don't think it is. Maybe that's because I'm in a privileged position where I do get the battle pass and I do buy the battle pass and I get the hero straight away. But then I only play support really. So, you know, I haven't had a support in a little while. So like, it doesn't bother me really. Um, and they're quite easy to unlock as soon as the battle pass is finished. Um, I do think it's a core fundamental part of the game and I really enjoy doing it. But then maybe I'm in the minority as well. Because I know a lot of players that only like to play, you know, Mercy one tricks or like you're a Lucio one trick, and they will always play like Frogger. Like, dude's a Lucio beast, one of the best Lucios to ever do it. You know, like a ranked Lucio going crazy in the back line, just sniping out supports and stuff. Not going to count as what. Even if Lucio's not very good, he's still going to make it work, and he's still going to be at the top level because he is so good at Lucio. So yeah, I I personally don't think it's too much of an issue. Maybe it is <laughs> overblown. Um, yeah, I mean, I although overblown to specific roles, I will say tank players complain about it the most <laughs> because it does feel sometimes it does feel like you're in a ever losing battle of like, oh, I've got to switch, I've got to switch, I've got to switch. But then 
I would much prefer people be switching than people be fucking mirroring 24 seven double shield back from overwatch one, like shooting shields. And I, I Arissa mirrors were so fucking boring. Like I'd much rather people be swapping up than playing mirror just permanent. Like that is not a overwatch. I want to live in is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's a fair take. I, I won't respond to that right now because I want to let the others talk. So, Frida, you said you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to lose sight of the spite that started the entire conversation. I just don't have as much myself. So I, we have, we've kind of lost touch with how angry you're supposed to, we are supposed to be, perhaps, uh, about them uh, switching it up. I think the... I've put to bed those emotions, I feel. I've shouted them out on this show. Uh, the marketing lies at the launch of the game were numerous, uh, in fact, um, that being one of them. But the I'll just come back to like how I my game experience of it. 15% might as well be zero, in my opinion. I don't know why you didn't just go the full zero. It's so low that, like, is, is it really smoothing it over? So I, whatever, fine. I like it because less ults, essentially. Like, there's there was a lot of ults, I think, in the last couple seasons with that higher number because you pretty easily could uh, transition the swap plus the ult, and draining an ult on a counter swap matters a lot. You know, it's 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 ha ha made the game play better in general because ults are just so powerful in this game due to the limited defenses that that exist. So um, that I think has been a major boon. Um, the reason why I like swapping so much is because I see the ripple effects of uh, the whole team comp and so whatever role I'm playing I know that there's some interaction I can go at and help the team significantly just be, be by being on the right pick I think it's super boring when it's like I'm going to pick Bastion for Winston which maybe is less severe now thankfully to that new buff he got but that's lame but if there's like, well, their best win condition is Flux. So for BAP, I'm going to save my lamp to set it up on a thing. All right, tell my tank to play here on a corner. Boom, save him. Uh, that feels good to me. I, I like stuff like that because I feel like the enemy now has to think, how are they going to switch it up and, and counter um, what we're doing? And the game has just so much of those interactions. In fact, almost like too many. I feel like... Almost no one understands this game at this point. Like, it's it's actually too complicated. There's too many heroes that are actually pretty good that people don't get. It's like, even when a new hero comes out, none of us can agree on, is he good, is he bad, is he the best? Like, we have no idea. Like, even people who are experts at this game is, are, are struggling to, like, really understand what's going on. And so a lot of times things just evolve into what do we understand now? Like, what can we wrap our head around and play, actually? Like, what's reliable enough? And, um... I almost look forward to the format changing, which I'll just keep alluding to over and over again, uh, because it sort of like forces you to actually think outside the box. And um, one major aspect I like about 5v5 is like, no matter what, you are going to get teammates that aren't going to swap. So having a lot of heroes in any of the three roles that can swap and have a meaningful interaction, like I was talking about uh, earlier, I, I really, really like that. So um, Paywall, though is certainly something that um, I softened on after when I immediately heard it, I uh, paywall on new heroes, I exploded. Um, this was a private <laughs> uh, experience because um, they they tested this out a little bit to, to know what people thought. And um, I did not take it well, you know, at first. 
but um, I softened on this because I'll give you an example. It's like, if you're like Sojourn, okay? I think Sojourn is a quintessential DPS for you to learn as a ranked player because she solves a lot of things. She can run in front and you can headshot your way to victory. That being said, I don't think I've sit, hit a single rail headshot in my career. <laughs> I've tried to learn this character. I'm the biggest body shot bandit in the world. I cannot play that character. So there is nothing you can do to like get me as a player to all of a sudden get these mechanics to work. You can play other DPS, but not her. And I think a lot of players have that as well, where even if the meta answer is X, Y, and Z, they keep adding new characters. It don't, doesn't mean you're going to be good. It's like you could be the best Roadhog ever. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at MAGA. Not necessarily. Maybe. Kind of similar. But it's like if you don't really understand the, the movement of it, you're, you know, you're, playing, you're good at a non-movement hero, and then now it's a movement hero. It's like it's just different, right? So um, it doesn't offend me because there's enough options where hopefully as they keep adding heroes, maybe there's a, a different hero that can do that. So maybe like... Uh, I'll say a trigger word for everyone. Sorry, everyone, cover your ears. Bastion. If I can't play Sojourn, <laughs> at least I can play Bastion, right? Everyone can play Bastion. It's kind of this, kind of similar. Okay, you stand in front, you'll shoot everybody, but you know, do more damage, aim less. <laughs> Why not? Uh, thankfully, he got tuned back, and he's not uh, ruining every game. But um, just as like an example, as a for instance, so right. more heroes kind of solves this problem because ideally. Every every player will have something they feel they can c contribute on, even if uh, it's not the most ideal um, for the meta. But no one's playing the meta anyway, really, until you get to really high ranks. Right. Uh, I think one thing I'll quick. I want. I'm very curious to hear SK's thoughts. Uh, and she's been cooking, I imagine, or maybe not. Maybe she's like, I got nothing to say. But I'm uh, cooking. you're cooking. I love it. I love it. Uh, the one one thing I'll quickly add is that. Uh, the new player experience. I think this is something I should have mentioned in the quick play section too, but actually just a little quick anecdote is that I recently spent, you know, a week learning League of Legends uh, for the first time and never played it. Made a video on it. Go Ooh, check that it out. Was, that sounds like a rough experience. It was a rough experience. Go check oh it out, podcast God. viewers. Do me a favor. Go check it out on the main SV channel. But it was but one of the most frustrating things about it. Obviously, there's the, the, the paywalling is like 10 times worse in, in League of Legends. We'll give Overwatch credit there. It's like, you get like 10 heroes and there's like 100. So you get like a very small fraction um, of the heroes. But of course, there's, there's, there's no swapping. almost 200 heroes. Right, whatever it is, right? There's an obscene yeah. number and you never see 1% of them, right? You're just kind of like, you get like this little starter pack that's shit. But at least, to, the, to you know, the flip side is you don't have to counter swap. there you go. Nice, thank you. The flip side is you don't have to counter swap. So you can just kind of like one trick or two trick or whatever. And then, you know, you can kind of be be fine one of the big problems though was that yeah like a there's the new player experience which is that you're just you have such a small fraction of the heroes that you just don't have access to what everyone else has access to right and i, and I think with overwatch that'll be even more of a problem going forwards like obviously on alt accounts i don't have these heroes unlocked and it can be really problematic when you lock in and you're like oh i don't have life here i don't have Iliari, i don't have kiriko i don't have this that it's, you, you can I'm, obviously that's my alt account so i don't expect sympathy for that but for someone who maybe hasn't played for a few months that that's a genuine problem to not have X hero that may actually be necessary in this situation. But also, the surrender option exists in League of Legends, which is to go back to the quick play penalty thing. Um, in League of Legends, you can just surrender, and it's a horrific experience for someone trying to learn the game because what ends up happening, what, what basically happened to me is that I either was in a game where my team was losing and they're all spamming the surrender button, and I'm the one guy going, no, I, don't, I actually want to play this game. I know we're at a slight disadvantage, fellas, but I actually want to play this game out. Versus if I if I start popping off and we're winning, 
five minutes into the game, they surrender. You just see that you see their main. It zooms into their main. It blows up, and it's like victory. And I'm like, I was I got like a k killing spree, and they just surrendered. So the problem with like the whole I'm not enjoying this match because I'm losing and I'm gonna leave slash surrender is that it ruins the whole integrity of the whole ecosystem because the only experience you'll ever have is being like in a game where you're just losing and you want to play it out or you win and you get to win for like two minutes and then it's over because everyone leaves or whatever. So I do think it is important if you're going to play a multiplayer game to sit through all of it and lose sometimes because if for every win that you get, someone else has to lose. So that is like the core nature of it. But yeah, all of it goes back to the, to, to bring it back to the counter swapping. I just think it, it speaks to the new player experience. And I do think we need to be cognizant as well because obviously we're people who have everything in the game and have everything we'll ever need in the game. But these things are going to become increasing problems the longer the game's life goes on. And they themselves have aimed for a long-term thing. So that's just another thing that I'll throw in there. And now, SK, cook for me. Okay. Oh, boy. There's so much to catch up on. Um, I think for me, the monetization with, like, heroes, you have to get to tier 45 on the battle pass or pay 10 bucks to get them instantly. It hasn't hit as bad for me because I'm just so used to getting, like, destroyed by monetization in other games like i've played valorant it's different there in valorant you pay ten dollars to unlock it instantly but you don't even get the battle pass <laughs> or you can play for like 50 hours and get one new agent or league of legends where i don't even know how it works it's even worse than valorant or paladins which is even worse than overwatch like overwatch was the only hero based game that that actually did give you them all for free right when you started so when it came out, that Dota was like... 2. Dota 2 as well, I will point oh, out. Oh, Dota 2 does that? All oh, the heroes yeah. are free. I didn't know that. Heroes, That's really yeah. nice. I guess, I, yeah, I'm just so, like, used to it. I don't know. Uh, like, greedy company, blah, blah, blah. Like, shit sucks. But <laughs> I've kind of, like, given up on it. Like, what can I actually do? Like, no matter what I do, they're going to be super greedy. I can I can sit here and complain all day. And, and you know what? Maybe I will, because I hate it. But, like... I don't think I can make change on that sort of thing, but um, yeah, I'm just like defeated in that sort of way. It's like, it's bad, but whatever, I guess. <laughs> we deal with it. Um, what else? Counter swapping. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. Okay. I completely agree with Jaws, except for one thing, which is tanks. I think DPS, you can absolutely just lock one hero, hit rank one, like whatever. You never need to swap if you're good. Same with supports. Um, unless you get unlucky, you're in like an Overwatch League lobby and you only play Moira or something. And it's like about Zen meta. And then it's just unlucky. But tanks are different. I, and and this is where I get into like this whole like 6v6 versus 5v5 thing. Hold on. That, that's that whole thing. Hang on. We're going to get there. But oh yeah, I'm excited. I think counter swapping is so powerful that only for tanks. Sorry. Hunter swapping is so powerful only for tanks that they've actually balanced around it. In my opinion, Roadhog is completely busted. MAGA is completely busted. But what makes them playable, like what makes it playable into them is that counter swapping is so strong. If you don't have a Zenyatta or an Ana and you're playing against a good Roadhog, you like, you cannot win. That hero is just broken, like beyond belief, completely overpowered. And I think Blizzard has had to balance the last two tank heroes, Roadhog and MAGA, around them being completely unplayable into counterpicks. And like they've had to make them so powerful that you can even play them into counterpicks that if you 
if the other team doesn't counterpick you, then you kind of just steamroll them easily. That, like, I think it's had such a strong effect on tanks and, like, the balance of them. It just overarching, scary stuff. Like, this wouldn't be a problem in 6v6. The problem is just that there's only one tank. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I want to let you keep going if you have any more strands. I think that's it. I think I, there's a, I will add yeah. on just as like a point about 5v5 versus 6v6. I don't want to go into like a massive discussion about this at all, but I, yeah. I do agree with you actually on the, it wouldn't be too much of an issue, but then you also, it's the way I think, like you limit the hero design of the tank class so much if it's a 6v6. We would never have yeah. RAM if it was 6v6. There's no way. Because imagine you're Ram. Right, you're right. We're like, uh, Ram with just any other hero would be just like Ram with fucking Ryan or something stupid, like with Lucio. Like, how would you survive? It's just a melee comp. Like, you just can't win. Like, you know, as um, I do think, from my perspective, 5v5 is better for the game, uh, like for a long term, from a health perspective, just because of the creativity uh, you can have with the tank role. However, the caveat to that is because there's only one tank, they have to be so measured. And they have to be like finely balanced because they are big DPS. But if they're not big yeah, DPS, right. they are big health blobs. And it's just like, wait, how do we find like a balance? And like Doomfist, I think, is a weird one too, in the way that he can one shot people still kind of. If you go to Doomfist, you can still one shot people. Um, like, but you have to be really good, you know, Quake Dawn, etc. And name any zebra, any Doomfist player. Um, and like Hog is the same way. Where it's just like, well, now he can one shot again because he has the pig pen. He can, you know, the the damage, the ammo change, and like how he shoots now, he can still one shot. Like it's so like all, a lot of those tanks walk such a fine line of being like unbelievably broken, but unbelievably shit if they're pushed the other way. And uh, it's just a symptom. And I think the prevailing like we're just going to have five v five and therefore better hero design overall. I think that trumps the some of these heroes are just going to be bad. And yeah, that's. I just wanted to add that on the end because I think it's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's an important thing to kind of talk about too, and like how it frees up a lot of like hero design and creative. To the right. Role. No, I SK, agree. I didn't think of that. I I I I didn't mean to actually argue for six v six because I'm I'm a five v five person as well. Uh, something that um I was talking to Matt Mister X about it. It's like Overwatch esports became so much more popular after the five v five change because. Everyone's college setups were set up 5v5 for like Valorant, CSGO, Valorant, League of Legends. Literally everything else. And yeah, then, yeah you, there was and, no six oh. setups. So Overwatch couldn't be there. And yes. And I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to bore my head with a drill when I see <laughs> double shield again. Like, it, I know. It opened oh. up so, like casting those double shield games <laughs> is going to be some of the most boring things you could do. It's just like, well, they're pulling. Oh, they're dragging. Oh, they're pulling. Oh, they're rocking. They're pulling. They're rocking. <laughs> oh, they gained two centimeters of space. They're pulling. They're rocking. Yeah. I and the the May Sim Sig Arissa. I'm sure you've seen the screenshots oh. of like. Right. Well, Li I don't. Shang, I don't. The, the famous one is Li Zhang Tao. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry, SUV. I know you don't want to get onto this. But yeah. That, yeah. Okay, I, that was my final point. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go dive in too deep to it because I know no, no, somewhere no, no, no. if You're Hulk chilling. is still You're listening, chilling. he's molding now. He's gonna because he's got like ten things <laughs> he wants to say, me. where he's gonna yeah, be yeah, like, no. well, but, but this, they could have done this, they could have done that. So that, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point that you brought up, SK, about about how like literally the the five setup, the five player setup was actually an underrated element of like Overwatch esports. So I think that's 
a cool thing to bring up. But I think that's neither here nor there, I think, in terms of the discussion here. Because, we you know, we have this world and we can hypothesize about what it could have been like in 6v6. But, you know, that that's that's not going to get yeah. us anywhere. We're kind of, we're here now. It's never going to happen. No, we're here now. Oh, we can kind of discuss this yeah. iteration as it is. <laughs> I, I want to quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, I just want to quickly. No, I think it's 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 a good discussion. I just think that like I, also from my personal point of view, I want to separate my criticism into two different strands here because I think obviously there's a lot of interconnected issues and grievances that we may or may not have that get intertwined here. One, my my one grievance is on the the messaging versus the the outcome. So the the outcome. Yeah. Again, it's kind of irrelevant how I feel in terms of like, I will accept it, but my personal preference is a world where counter swapping is not happening all the time. Uh, to be honest, again, I'm, I'm, my vision would be more like a MOBA. I would be fine with no swapping or something like that, right? So that's just a personal thing, but I accept that other people will want counter swapping and that they may decide to go with a vision that requires counter swapping. And that's fine. That's like a, you make these decisions of the game developer. There's never a decision that's unanimously popular. Someone always will dislike, and we'll get into this when we talk about the hero ban speculation as well real quick. But, you know, there's, there's always going to be someone who's upset and someone who's happy in the same way that someone was upset and someone was unhappy with Roadlock and same way with 6v6 with 5v5, right? There's, there's, there's no putting to bed those discussions. My my grievance with the, the messaging is, is entirely separate. That's, I think, inalienable to the point where it's like, I think this is a straight-up lie or, or perhaps, again, like a gas lie is a more accurate term. And that's, I feel, unethical. So I think I want to call that out because, again, I think too often as content creators, we, you know, get lumped in as shills because it's like, oh, well, Blizzard just gives you money and, like, opportunities so you guys don't criticize. But I do think it's right to point out that this is this is unethical messaging to kind of, I guess, in, in real estate terms, this would be a bait and switch, right? It's like you kind of start with one thing and you, you swap another thing in when the person hasn't realized that this has happened. So... I think that should be just brought up. There's nothing, as SK said, there's nothing we can actively do about it. Like, this is Activision Blizzard, especially until the end of this year, which is soon now, and, and then Bobby will be gone. But it it can't be helped, but it should be told that it's it's not right. It's not right what they just did. You can't you can't do that and not expect someone to be like, that's fucked up. So that, that's that's where I want to bring that up. Um, but there's any, is there any other thoughts on this issue that we want to discuss? Or do we want to move it on, Frito, to... They're protect because they're obviously recognizing this as perhaps having gone too far as well. That's why they're discussing potential solutions like Hero Ban. So, anything else you guys want to bring up? SK Jaws in particular, you guys want to bring anything up? If we're talking about like scummy marketing stuff, I feel like Blizzard has done a lot of that since Overwatch Two came out. Um, I what was it? I I've gotten like scammed twice somehow. I and I forget how, but like. They've like scammed me out of some shop coins or into buying something that I didn't want to buy. I think the first time was, um, was it Lifeguard Mercy? No, it was Zombie Mercy. The second time was Zombie Mercy. I paid like $22 for Zombie Mercy plus Charm, but the skin was 15 And it doesn't show that unless you go into the hero gallery and buy it there. And so I paid $7 for a weapon charm that I didn't want, not knowing that I could go to the hero gallery, which is like, really obscure and doesn't show up in the shop and save seven dollars and just get the skin that i wanted and i think the first time was um the in overwatch 2 invasion bundle i was like oh everyone was saying oh you get the battle pass plus you get the invasion for 15 dollars." so i was like oh so if i already have the battle pass then i'll just get the invasion for five bucks but that wasn't how it worked i, I ended up buying the battle pass with a thousand coins that i had 
And then I still had to pay $15 for the bundle because it came with a thousand coins, not with a battle pass. So I was like, yeah, it's like the way the marketing is, is working and like the way the shop is built is, is intentionally confusing. And even someone that plays the game full time, like I do, I can still get like scammed basically out of my coins, which I find really annoying. You have to be like an expert to save your money or have it be fair. The, the shop on that point, the shop just feels old. Like it just feels like a relic of like, maybe this was in the game when Overwatch 1 came out. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't feel like an up-to-date shop. I compare it to like other games that I play and it, and there's all these different tabs where you can like filter, like the zombie mercy skin is a good example because it could be just like, oh, you go into another tab that's like heroes and then you click on the character and then it drops it and then you click on mercy and then it will yeah. be like, boom, there's the zombie skin. And then you don't have to buy the charm. Like you said, like, um, I don't know if anybody plays the new battlefield, but battlefield has this where like, you literally just go onto another tab and it's and it's like, oh, here's all the cosmetics for these weapons or like this skin or like whatever. You don't have to buy the bundles if you don't want to. Like, yeah, that I, I dislike that aspect of it because it's it's literally like the hero gallery hack where you can save money. <laughs> like you just go into the yeah. and like there are also some skins in the hero gallery. I don't know if you guys are aware, you probably are, uh, that you can buy some of the old season one skins now. And yeah, I didn't even I just realize. Yeah, like I, I really wanted the Cyber Demon, Cyber Demon Widow, uh, Cyber whatever. I just Widow. bought that one too. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh man, I was like, it was a bit of joke on my stream forever. Like, I'm never going to get that skin. It's never going to do in the little rotation in the bottom. But yeah. they're like, oh, you can just go buy it in the Hero Gallery now. I'm like, why the, why the fuck is that not in the shop? Like, why is it not just listed? Because if people, I think if people realized, they would probably sell a lot more skins. If they were just like, hey, is the list of Mercy skins, is yeah. the list of Zen skins and stuff. Yeah, it's and the bundle is also a, a very strange like pricing sometimes. I kind of get it, I do, but at least show people where they can buy other things. Like it's yeah, it's very strange. And I oh. will agree with you with the, the evasion one too. Like, but that was a weird one because you had to buy it with real money. And yeah. I did exactly the same thing, by the way. Yeah. I did exactly the same thing. And I was like, oh, wait, so I don't get any, I just like have to pay the 15 bucks now to like get the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. That kind of sucks. But I was, I was like, eh, whatever. I don't really care that much about it. I was like, that's fine. Um, I, I lost one battle pass. I lost a thousand coins. I'm like, I didn't feel that bad. Cause honestly, I just really wanted to play it. But in hindsight, yeah. obviously it was like, oh, actually probably like I could have waited and like not bought that and then yeah because it was delayed or whatever like you couldn't buy it straight away um, yeah yeah and if they just updated the shop man please just uh, make it look more modern i'll tell you why it does the rotating thing they're trying to get it like valorant where everyone checks the shop every yeah, single night day market. but that okay that's executed poorly because there's no, no it's not a night market yeah no no okay so wait so the way valorant does it is if there's a skin that you really want you check the shop every single day because it refreshes every day and brings you four skins you're hoping that you get the skin which makes you check the shop every single day which makes you want to buy more things i think that's the idea behind it but they're, they're not even doing that correctly yeah so like, it's it's not executed the same way <laughs> yeah like league of legends i'm sure you've seen it suv because you've been playing they um well back in my day like i started in like season two season three league and like they didn't have all this fancy stuff it was just you page of heroes like you know in the page of jams page of skins or whatever and then they added the like uh, at christmas they'd add the oh 
here's your Christmas discount skins. And then you click on the thing and they do the little animation. It shows, oh, you get a 60% off of this Ari skin, for example. And I'm like, oh, I'll buy that. Um, but in Overwatch, it's like you just scroll down. And it's just there. It just says for you, you know, like add, add like not the loot box. I don't want to say it, but add, add like a little animation where like there's a button that says your daily deals. You click it and then it's got it goes boom, boom, boom. Here's your daily deals. And it's like a discount off of old skins or whatever or, you know, or just reveal the skins like it does in League or like something. Well, it just it feels so outdated. No, you're, you're 100% correct. I'm just I'm kind of internally laughing that we're like. Uh, certainly I am going to simultaneously criticize the scummy cash grab nature of it, but then also criticize their bad job at making it a, a very scummy it's cash right. grab thing. Like it's, They're it's doing a bad right. job of it, uh, but still trying to do it because as you guys said, in most games I've played, you know, I've, I've been getting into Magic the Gathering a little bit. I've been getting into Warcraft yeah. Rum Rumble and they'll all have like, you go to the shop every day because they'll have a new deal and sometimes the deals are just free shit, right? Yeah. So like, in Warcraft Rumble, every day you can get some free XP. But guess what? To get the free XP, you gotta go to the shop and you gotta scroll like three pages, all of which are offers and like, hey, buy our shit. Yeah. And then you're like, you got one little thing, you click it, and it's like, here's some free shit for you. It's like a crumb for you, you fuck. Now shut the fuck up and buy our things. <laughs> like, literally, it'll be like 50 bonus XP for a hero that requires like 10,000 XP to level up. And it's like, here's 50 XP, come click it, you fucking rat. And now you're like the dopamine hit. I hope you saw all our sick offers. I hope you accidentally thumb clicked one of our sick offers so it accidentally leads you to the purchase window and you do it. But they don't even do that. They don't even do that right. Yeah. So like they're trying to scam us, but they don't even scam us right. Just scam us right, Blizzard. <laughs> At least scam Don't's us right. Mean. At least, yeah, yeah don't I mean, insult my intelligence. Scam me properly. <laughs> don't do it like this. I would assume, obviously, everybody kind of knows the psychology behind that. And if you don't, there you go. There's a lesson brought to you by SVB, you know? And like th that's going to happen in games, whether you like it or not. Like it doesn't matter. But like, just if you make it more up to date and modern, like it's it is gonna persuade more people to buy stuff. And like, yeah, you can say the skins are overpriced or whatever, but like just doing it in a better way, like <laughs> at least alleviates the burden of me being like, okay, am I gonna get Cyber Demon Widow? Probably not. But like I'm not checking every day. Funny you bring up Magic the Gathering. Yes, they do exactly the same thing. The daily deals thing, you might get a pack, or like you might get some free coins or free gems or like whatever, or you get the card art styles most of the time. But then you're on the thing and it also says, oh, here's all the pack bundles. Here's the like, right now it's like Jurassic World themed because they did a collaboration. It's like, oh, you can buy the, the card backs and like stuff like that. It's just like, bro, please. Like just make it more like navigatable. Like make it right. short, make sure that it's like enticing enough for me to actually want to come back because in Overwatch, I just kind of gave up. So I'm like, right. eh, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> but in the right. night market on a Valorant, I don't play it too much. I play a little bit. But I always check. I don't spend any money on Valorant, but it's always nice to look. Like same yeah. with League. I don't. I don't know. Right. You know right. what it is? They need to make us love getting scammed. Like Valorant players love getting scammed. They love that losing is a all their money to scam. Fucking funny way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, and, uh, it's it is funny, uh, and I I think sorry. I I just want to add this one bit at the end sure, real sure. quick. Is that because Overwatch was free? Oh, not free. Sorry. It was $8 at one point. Like it was $30 or $40 or whatever it was back in 2016. Like, but because the game was out for so long, every hero was free. Every map was free. Every skin was free. Kind of, if you had the coins and you opened enough loot boxes kind of thing. Um, the general player base is probably, is just pissed off with the fact that we're having to pay for battle passes. We're having to get the new heroes. 
otherwise you have to wait or wait to level 45 etc it's just this it's it's just like a, a seething it's like a loathing from like old overwatch to new and i think that carries a lot of um carries a lot of weight in like the hatred towards these new systems whereas you look at other games and you're like holy shit and like sk said you said a minute ago it's like actually compare it to other games it's not that bad like it really isn't yeah. um and like i said maybe i'm privileged enough to get a battle pass every single season get the hero etc but at the same time like holy crap like buying heroes in league i cast league for like four or five years i didn't have all the heroes i played uh, champs i oh, played wow. the game obviously since season two don't have all the champs and i only played like four heroes to be fair or champs to be fair in mid lane like but i, I didn't have them all and that's just how it was um, obviously, Overwatch suffers from a hero problem, whether we don't have that many. So, like you know, right. like Frido said earlier, but and also, yeah, and also, to, you know, the flip side being again, it's like Overwatch is perhaps unique in the way that you don't need to have all those heroes in League either. Like you don't actually, you, you yeah, can just you have like you just need like three or and four. You don't need that... to an Overwatch really. Well, anyway, that that's up for time. discussion. <laughs> that's that's up for discussion. Um, that's definitely True. depending on your role and what heroes we're talking about. But let's bring it back now to Overwatch. We had a nice little like segue there about the shop and all these systems. We were discussing counter swapping, and now we'll probably because we're we're going on for quite a while. I, I I will have to rush this segment a little bit. But Frito, we can discuss it later as well. But any quick mentions you want to make on the discussed ban system potentially swap system that they're bringing up? So we've already had a huge ban debate, but uh, any just nod to it? Yeah, let me try to remember and recall. The terminology they used so the timeline actually escapes me whether this is a season nine thing or down the line thing i'm not exactly sure um they are testing changes to the format specifically looking at trying to limit the number of counters counter swaps in a game so one example they gave was perhaps a currency that you have to spend in order to limit you know because like I like swapping, but should it be six times in a 10-minute game? Maybe that's a little too much, I think. Because especially when you start getting into um, hero swap roulette, where you finally are like, then, you, then you're, you've swapped so much, you've sort of identified, I will play this hero if you play that hero. And you go A, B, A, B, A, C, X, Y, whatever, for a while. And then you get to near the end of the game. Push is like really good for this, because in my opinion, for that to be a playable competitive game mode, you have to swap, because otherwise you'll just... If you stay on on what you were, you're probably going to lose because you have to make a, a trade-up at some point to make a comeback. Um, then you're sort of having like a standoff in spawn. Like, are you going to play a counterable thing? Am I? And then, like, it's almost like you've reset again. And when you start getting that deep into the counter picking, it gets a little ridiculous. And, and, and I'm with you to that degree. So much so that I long for like, could we have just like had this in a different way? Um playing so many MOBA games, I get a um, nerd excitement around draft, but they've always stated that Overwatch games are so short that it seems kind of silly to spend, I mean, a Dota draft lasts, what, SV, 30 minutes? Like, I'm like <laughs> the game lasts 40 or whatever, right? Like, um, well, like I our think games in, last 10 minutes. In, in pro play, 20. it lasts a while, but I think in, in your normal casual game, like a minute, two minutes. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, it's been a while since I've played. So something that's sort of tailor fit to the proportions of what our our game experience is, remembering that a lot of people don't want to engage with this system at all. They have zero interest whatsoever. They only want to play their hero, 
right? So it's really only meta nerds like me that start to get excited about any bit of this added in. Um, you would think that perhaps if there was either a swap, either kind of a penalty, they could call it a currency, but it's just limiting what you could do. So it's a penalty, right? It, it limits how many you're going to be able to get. My question starts to become like, well, do you get to swap back to the hero you were on earlier? Or do you run out and then you're stuck on the thing at the end? Is it a currency for the whole team or is it just for you personally? Like that changes the effectiveness of it, even if it works at all. But it also means if your team has to co collaborate on anything, it's like you've got one guy playing hero roulette using up your swaps. Well, you probably don't want that, right? Like, so there's, there's a lot of issues I have with how it could be implemented. In a way, it's sort of a reverse draft, possibly, which would be kind of nice to me, where you maybe are like soft banning out over time. Personally, I feel that in our current 5v5 format in the ranked environment, the game is so open in a way where this is the major benefit I feel 5v5 has the 6v6 is that team comps are limited in how powerful the comp can be. There's always some weakness you could try to exploit if you wanted to. The, the strongest component of it is the support synergy that kind of holds the whole thing together like glue. But we used to have impenetrable fortresses of team comps that could counter anything technically um, in Overwatch 1, whereas now that's not the case. So I don't feel the game like badly needs it at all, actually. Like I, I think just you can keep swapping all you want. Is it annoying to swap lots of times? I think so. And, and so it's, it's interesting to me because I, I'm trying to like identify and be very careful with this to make sure that I understand why they're even doing it. Because in Overwatch 1, we would say we need bans because the game isn't balanced well enough to have gameplay diversity due to how strong synergies can be. I don't think that's the case now. It's like very different now. Now, now it's like, well, a few heroes stand out as overperforming and it gets boring to play against them a lot. I think that's a better argument for it now. I think I saw Necros actually tweet this out. And especially for top players, I'd say bans become more interesting because there's certain picks that are just like, like BAP. It's like, play BAP always, forever, uh, right now, with the, with the way like he's balanced. And uh, I like playing BAP, but I can certainly say playing against him as damage is terrible. <laughs> it's awful. He's got like four cooldowns, it feels like, because he can jump, he has a shift, he can duel you on his own, then he has a lamp, and it's like, and then if you don't get all of that out quickly enough, he'll have them again. <laughs> uh, so that's ridiculous going against, uh, that, and that's just one character. You can say whatever, you know, we will always have one, like Sojourn at her peak or whatever, whatever hero you don't like. I think having the, you know, it's it's a bit of ranked agency that perhaps if if they do go the ban route that you can like get stuff that annoys you personally. I'm more excited about these types of formats getting tried in tournaments because I think especially like, um, what's it called? A something, there's a draft type, but like from map to map, it gets more interesting in my opinion to be like, I always said this about like Hearthstone, for example, like in competitive Hearthstone, you would at least when you win on your uh, deck, you'd have to go to your next deck. That's kind of right. what I like to see from teams do. It's like, do you really only have one look? Like if in Overwatch, a big criticism I have over the eSport, it's like, it's too easy to win the patch lottery or lose it, for example. It's like Atlanta dominated the regular season and then Sombra's kind of meh. 
and then Lip's like, oh, sorry, guys. I know I'm like one of the greatest players of all time, but I, I, I'm kind of rusty on some of my other picks. So they just bomb out of the playoffs. And that was hard for me to watch because I'm like, man, that team was so <laughs> sensational through the whole tournament. Lip's like one of the greatest players ever and just had a bad day on, uh, it, it seems, or just wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, like, and he's dominant on some of those picks that he tried to go back to, but it just wasn't working. And then, you know, they had a lot of problems, obviously. And I think Hawk spoke about that as well. But, uh, you know, that having some issues on the podcast uh, he was on, I think. But, um, so forcing the normal competitive format for pro play, I'm much more interested in because it would like force them to continuously play more things as like the standard format of the game from map to map in a series. Whereas in ranked, we play a best of one. And ranked right now in Overwatch 2 feels like Dota 2 all pick, where it's like, you don't know what's coming out, man. It's just like everyone's got their own little pocket pick, and the game play is like chaotic. As opposed to when you draft, everyone's kind of looking at the lineup of heroes. It's like, all right, this comp is good at this. And you can start to like pick and choose, you know? Whereas in Overwatch, it's all available all the time, and you never know if it's like you're going to get super hard. This is par partially why I think the stomps are so big, because, well, can we counter Farah? No, okay? And then you get this counter pick metagame that we keep talking about, where a player will, like, test the waters of something. It's like, hey, can, can you guys counter a pick I'm good at? It's like, no, well, you win, win easily. Or they counter it, and then you're, like, going back into the bag of tricks. Whereas if there's limiting factors to that, it, it like... Uh, takes away some of the severity in, in the ranked context. All right. I, I've, I feel like I've perhaps spread us a little, little thin in so many different ways. Right. But, I mean, you guys heard the podcast before. This is just what I do. So <laughs> uh, you're used to it by this point as if we're a fan of the show. So, <laughs> right. No, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of strands there and strands that I would love to explore. Uh, but I also, I'm conscious that we're, we're kind of, I don't want to take too much of your guys' time. So I will just ask just SK or Jaws, is there anything you want to, you know, saliently bring up or respond to, or should we go deeper into the patch notes? The one tricks will cry because their one trick, when you get seen in ranked, they will get banned. If there is a mercy one trick on a team, mercy is getting banned. If it, there is a ball one trick on the enemy team, ball is getting banned. I think it would devolve into just banning one tricks. I, I, I genuinely do. I don't think banning, and it, it will also slow down the gameplay loop of like, going into game, getting out of game, and that kind of stuff too, which I don't particularly enjoy. Um, and I think that's what Overwatch does very well in the way that you can literally just get into a game, you play the game, the game's over, and then you go again, you know, you know what I mean? So like a pick and ban phase, that kind of thing, it, it will take more time um, away from like actually playing, and that's not something I'm really a fan of. We did do it in the Overwatch League for a little while. Is that, in fact, Bapachamari tweeted just today about the um, time the that cat. Zoe's cat banned May. And everybody was like, oh my god, this is the greatest cat. Like, please give this, knight this cat right now. Like, this cat deserves the world and more. Because May was just dumb stupid at that point and a must-pick. Yeah, I'm not too much of a fan of Ban, personally. Okay, I haven't given that much thought into it. I haven't sat there for like two hours and worked, fleshed out every single part of a good and bad. But I do like that hero bans give us a sense of control over maybe Blizzard making bad balance decisions. Like, if Sojourn is completely busted for six months, I'll just auto-ban Sojourn every game and, you know, it's like it isn't even there. But I think if hero bans were a thing, you shouldn't be able to see the names of the other team before the match starts. Yeah, which is very fair. 
yeah, absolutely. Right. And that would be yeah. one way of countermeasuring the whole like banning. Yeah, and again, I, I'm not trying to dwell on this too much because these are arguments that obviously Frito knows that we've we've had a million times before. Every time the ban discussion comes up, you could do a whole up. discussion on this. I think we have, yeah. we have, and I was oh, going to say okay, that like that uh, if you are curious of to the whole the thing that Jaws brought up, the counter argument to what Jaws brought up, and then the counter argument to that, and all so forth and so on and so forth, you can go back a little bit in the podcast and check out the Great Hero Band debate. We had a you know three hour fiesta, Frito, me, Jake, <laughs> reinforced Custa, so. We went at it for a long time. This, all these things were were discussed. Um, I th- I think yeah. I think you know, to speak on the whole thing right now. I I think the state of watch right now is different to what it was when we were perhaps more keen on hero bands. I don't know if I even feel the hero bands are needed so much anymore as much as the swapping needs to swap stop <laughs> a little bit. It's it's a little bit excessive and a little bit. I, I think you guys mostly seem fine with it. I'll speak on my dissatisfaction, also the dissatisfaction I've heard from a lot of other players, which is that there's a bit of a devolution to the stupidest, easiest thing that takes place in games, where it's like you start, let's say, with an attempt to make a Winston dive work, and when that doesn't work, they're like, well, let's just go bash and Torb Roadhog or Orisa, because that's like the the default easiest thing I can possibly do. And perhaps you might say it's a balance issue, but like those things actually get a lot of value and they're very frustrating to play against. Or if you're an EU, the default is run fucking Farah. It's like you lose two maps, two fights, <laughs> fucking swap to Farah Mercy, and like now we can't. It kind of like, you know, like the whole argument of like, well, if they run out on X and you can't counter it, you lose. Well, it just kind of kicks that down the can a little bit where it's like, okay, they started with Tracer Genji, but then eventually they lost enough that they went Farah Mercy, and now you can't counter it, and now you lose four minutes into the game. Instead of losing at the start of the game, so maybe that's better, maybe that's worse, but in many ways it kind of like I don't kicks like the, the tokens either. Sorry. Yes. No. No. Go ahead. No. I'm. Just, I'm just saying that. Like, I think they do. I'm glad. I will say that they're experimenting with this. I think that's a good thing. Uh. So kudos to them for for actively thinking about what they want to do with the game. I wish they were a bit more active in how they actually designed the game, though. Like, I'd rather they take a hold on what they want the game and direct it that way rather than like. Add a thing, and then a month or two later, be like, shit, we created a problem. How do we solve the problem? And then they try to add a solution to the problem, which will inevitably create a new problem. Th- this is where we got to the counter-swapping thing in the first place. Like, the 30% was a response to needing to ease the frustration of needing to swap, and then it created 10 more problems, and now we're creating a token system. So, I'd rather we just have a direction we go with it, fellas. Like, even if it's not a direction I like, just pick one. Um, okay, but now we do need to move on, so let's talk the patch notes. Let's head over first to Doomfist. Meteor Strike now regenerates 75 health per second while in the air. Ultimate cost increased. Uh, so, who wants to chime in on this first? By 16%. Ultimate cost increased by 16%. Who wants to chime net in nerf, on this first? Very happy. I'm, I love it. The net nerf and I love it. As Doom <laughs> rolls my lobbies. Uh, <laughs> and I also think it's a cute, like, inventive change. Because you can heal as opposed to run away, and lets you go in. But definitely a, a nerf, in my opinion. SK, the healing, the healing is good. Oh, oh sorry. No, go ahead, Jules. I have no you, idea. you think the healing is good? You go. You, you go. Have... The healing is good. I mean, now Doomfist can just come back down at like almost full HP. Well, it depends on how much HP I guess he went up into the sky with. I thought Doom was pretty decent in Soliki, um, especially if you're a good Doom player. Very uh, spoke about it super early on in the podcast, but. He's a hero that if you're very good at him and he does walk that fine line, um, if you're very good at him, you're going to destroy it with him, like absolutely dominate. But if you're not that good, you're probably not going to do well, you know? Like That's just how it is. Um, so, that's why Doomfist isn't like perma-pick right now. Like, I just... So, 
I think it's a good good up. I think it's a good buffer, especially regenerating HP because normally you just use it to get out, jump onto a health pack, but now you can stay in the air for a little bit and then just smash back down on the supports and dominate them. So yeah, so, playing against Doofus is quite frustrating, I'd say. But no, that's fair. I definitely think that there's there's definitely a lot of frustration playing against Doomfist. I never thought a year or two ago that I'd be the Doomfist player on the podcast, but post Samito coaching, I actually played a lot of Doomfist recently in the last maybe six to twelve months. He's a really fun hero. I actually. Highly recommend it for people like myself who previously were like, ah, I don't really want to get into this whole Doomfist shenanigans. Really lots of fun. I would say one of the most tactical tank heroes, which doesn't feel that way, but he really is all about using your cooldowns in a proper cycle, which I really appreciate. I actually think this is completely irrelevant as a change, other than the like, alt cost is just bad. Like, it was just, it's just a nerf, mostly, and I think the healing doesn't change anything in the sense that Yes, you can stay up in the air for a while and get healed, but the problem with that is that every second you're doing that is their cooldowns are coming back. So what ends up happening is you do it, you're like, okay, I want to heal for 150 HP, Suzu's back. So by the time you land, the fucking landing is useless now, or sleep dart is back, so you land into a sleep dart. So actually, the like, while yes, you may go down in HP as you're using your abilities, and then you want a meteor strike, you kind of want to come back down so you can finish off the people you got low, before they get their cooldowns back or before they get healed or helped by someone else. So the the like it's counter like to the window of opportunity that you're looking for with Doomfist, where you're like, okay, I've I've gotten all these cooldowns out, I've gotten their them low. Let me get let me just like slam and finish and I also get empowered punch. So it doesn't change that. I think I think if you're gonna get healed, if you're gonna go out the fight for three seconds to get healed, you may as well have gone onto a health pack. Or you may as well have meteor struck back to your supports because it's like the time is over. The thing I would actually prefer to see, um, if I was to buff Doomfist's ult in some way, because obviously it's memed on as like a terrible ult, but I don't even think it's that terrible. I just think that it doesn't have to be this. But here's what I would have liked to seen, is when you Meteor Strike, leave a lingering contest on the objective for like a second. Because in overtime situations, Meteor Strike is useless, un literally unusable slash throw ultimate. Because what ends up happening is, let's say you're like, it's a push or a payload and you need to like or even a, any any objective where you need to contest it at the at the last second right you cannot use your ultimate because you go even if you try to go up and down your the objective starts moving by the time you come back down you you see nine you lose so i would have actually liked to see a like when i go up give me a lingering contest on the point for long enough to me to immediately go up and down so i can actually use my ultimate in this situation because otherwise you just you don't have an ult in overtime situations. You don't have an ultimate as Doomfist unless you're like super gonna trust your teammates to touch. But again, why would why would your Ana be on cart right now? Like it doesn't make sense. So if I was to have buffed Doomfist, I would have done that so that I can actually like use like let's say it's overtime. I need to use my cooldowns up down. I get empowered punch again. I've, I haven't thrown the game. I think overall, yeah, it's a net nerf though. But yeah, you do you guys not big problem with it? Me, Frito's happy, I guess. Because nobody really likes playing against Doom for well, that I, much. The either. reason I don't like Doom is because, like, I feel I know how to outplay them, how to play him, but my team doesn't, and and so this is very frustrating for me because it, as just about any character, like even a character you'd think Doom's like all right against Bap, like I play Bap, and I just feel like it's not so hard for me just to time my jump when he comes. I'm like, oh hey, bye bye, and he flows through. But like they charge the punch and then he goes in, so the constant uptime of Doom and is just. It's so oppressive once he gets punched and then gets another punch from the meteor strike. So having some downtime to that, that it just feels like we can keep him away longer, I am totally happy with. But that's a completely biased point of view 
And because and again, you know, we talk about like tanks. He's got just this unique mechanical skill set that is unlike any other tank. And if you don't know how to counter it, you get you get smacked around, as as you know from uh, your empowered Doomfist gameplay. <laughs> Honestly, my Doomfist kind of slaps now, and I'm uh, with all the Samito. It actually kind of slaps now uh, until they pick all the counters, and then you don't have fun anymore. Um, okay, Junker Queen, scatter gun spread reduced eight percent. Developer comments tightening the spread will make it more effective at range against small targets and give her slightly more fight presence. Uh, Jaws, how do you feel about this one? It's all right. I mean, JQ's not crazy right now, so I think it's fine. I, 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 it's like an overview. I think some of these changes are just like non sequitur. They just don't matter. Like, yeah, agreed. Some of these are like, what are you targeting here? Like, obviously, the dev comment there says against small targets. It's like, okay cool like a lot of that just doesn't matter i mean we'll get on to some of the other ones that i just don't think matter either but it's just i i found this patch very strange there are some changes that i'm like okay fair enough but like some of them like what make no sense you could have done literally anything else but you you did this okay sure i mean it doesn't bother me but i'm like just a bit weird you might as well just not have it in it but sk you there concur there've been a lot of patches like that recently where i feel like it's just like a change that they threw in just to change something yeah, yeah, it doesn't exactly. really make a difference. Yeah, that's how Wait I felt up. about most of this balance patch. Really? Yeah, go ahead, I get mean, that yeah, yeah, change. Junker Queen, the Sigma change. It's all like, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Completely agree. Frito. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that those takes i just think there's a an extra layer here that perhaps is missing because both you guys play at a, a very high level and the higher you go the more solved the game is but the like ranking th through the game or learning the game is like a completely different experience of uh what heroes are capable of and i think this patch is them like leaning into players feeling like they can have agency to learn the tank mechanics they want to learn as opposed to the ones they feel they have to learn in order to not lose the counter pickathon game. Um, we'll go through that with the rest of the tanks as well, but like all of them have like some special little thing about them and they've leaned into power creeping them as opposed to like balancing down the game. So I think this queen buff is nuts. Like, yes, she could be countered, but it's just another one of these picks. Like this is what the tank roll is. It's like a hard roll or get rolled roll. roll. Too many, too many, both versions of role in that sentence. <laughs> Try to keep up. Uh, wasn't intended, but th yeah, that's that's the way it plays. And you know, queen queen is nasty when not countered. No, but there's a lot of tanks that play that way. Uh, there's yeah. a very small caveat before we move on um, to a different note. Um, the only thing I worry about these small changes is that I think, especially over Overwatch's two life cycles, same with Overwatch one these small changes seem to get forgotten and then they as soon as something gets very buffed or like oh we want we really want to push queen into a better place like we actually want it to be meta like then they've forgotten about all the other motherfucking small changes that she's had and it's like holy shit she's op and like that's my worry with these like small changes that don't really do much of anything that later down the line it's like this giant snowball they're like okay <laughs> we may have messed up here like yeah that's my only problem with small changes that don't feel much, like much they said something really interesting to that point where i believe it's in season nine where and it was with the interview with flats and Emong. i think it was what they explained they're looking to tone back either or both burst healing and damage 
So I'm curious if we're getting, I, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know if, are they going to massively rebalance the game almost like they do to Diablo or something like, like every, everything and overhaul on, on the whole game, because that might be required and like quite wise of them to try to do. It might be difficult, but otherwise, without a doubt, the, the power creep does add up. I mean, that's just clearly obviously what it is like power creep's an interesting thing it's sort of like inflation or something it's like like oh we can just print some more money and then like surely that will like make it work right now we have more joker queen damage it's good right we level out the win rates but it, you know the uh chickens come home to roost eventually on these things yeah i i concur with jaws on this one in that like i i played a little bit of junk queen and it it was like oh this feels nice it's actually it's noticeable like the spread nerf or the buff is actually noticeable. You're like, oh, I got that kill. I don't think I would. I didn't think I was gonna get that kill, but I got it. But I think that this is not one of those changes where people are gonna be like, shit, let's run the jungle queen now because it's gonna be like all this Malga and all this happening. But somewhere down the line, we'll buff jungle queen in another way, and then people are gonna be like, holy shit, oh my god, she does all of this, all the things now, and then it will be like hard jungle queen, unless some content creator like discovers this or some pro team discovers this and then everyone learns about it that the only usual way it happens is that another patch comes along and then we we compound the buffs because this as we will see with some of the other changes is yeah it's not gonna move the needle i guess the counter argument doesn't always have to move the needle like maybe they're like we just want to tweak it and i think that's definitely how they approach it i think they approach it from a very like you could call it scientific method where it's like numbers you know like her numbers are like you know, 8% lower than the damage that we that the other tank is doing. So let's, like, spread, redu reduce, and the numbers will go up, and now we're happy. So I think that might be what's going on here. Uh, so we obviously, Malga, we've discussed. Ramatra, Samido was saying, oh, fucking love Ramatra in open queue, which was a, a left-field suggestion from him. But uh, base health reduced. So he basically got an 100 armor instead of 100 health. And his uh, primary file fire got a buff in its the size of the projectile, and the damage was increased too. So basically, more damage, more survivability. How do we feel about this one? I'll go to SK first. I've seen a lot of people in like my super stacked lobbies playing him, but I don't know anything about like scrim meta. But usually, if I see pros locking ram and rank, then he's probably like something that they're playing in scrims. I think it made him more relevant. Which I don't mind. He was, I think he was like one of the worst heroes before this patch. Like no one played him. Him and Ball were the worst tanks, I think. But I also think he's kind of boring. Uh, he doesn't seem like he has much depth. Like I've been watching them play. I, whenever I play support, I'm also interested in getting better at tanks. So I'll, I'll watch replays and I watch them play and it's kind of just like shield up, spam. <laughs> when the fight starts, run past the other Ramatra and start punching squishies. And that's like all the depth there is to it. And I think that's kind of lame. Interesting. I kind of concur that he does create quite boring situations, but I don't know if Jaws, feel, Jaws feels the same way. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how the, that's the gameplay loop right there. Oh, you get yeah. old? Oh, I get speed. Or I get nano or something, and you just run yeah. down and like, kill people. I think it's quite cool. Mm -hmm. I think I love the design of Ramatra. I think he's sick. But like, yeah, the gameplay loop is a bit... Yeah. <laughs> and um, he, he was getting kind of rolled by every other tank of the in the game. And this is actually, this is a, a change that actually does make a little bit of sense and actually yeah. does push him more than just like this spread change on JQ. Is like actually gaining armor and survivability like that is, is good. Um, especially with Zen being, uh, Zen being nerfed, especially with Discord Orb uh, recently. 
he's not as vulnerable to that and he doesn't have to like perma instantly nemesis form and then go into block mode and just hold there forever you know um you can actually play around like discord and just getting rolled by that a little bit more which is nice so yeah i actually think it's a good change i i played against a ram yesterday i didn't really notice the damage to be honest with you um but you don't i don't know da ram's damage is really weird you do a lot of poke damage with the left click but like it's so easily shrugged off because you're not hitting because like if a target is standing still you will dominate them but like because it's a projectile like you're missing like 50 percent of those little wasps you know or, like maybe you're missing like 30 percent if you're like super good at like, tracking with that shit so yeah it, the damage is it feels like it's there to either break other shields more than like uh you know killing people in the back line or like sniping people you know so yeah i, I think it's fine seems good frida you've always been a big fan of ramatra are you enjoying this? i am um my most played tank i think i think um he struggled a bit because overwatch in the counter pickathon game is like so matchup reliant like you badly need a matchup that you're just going to go win for the team to feel like you have impact whereas rams just kind of like plays a neutral brawly kind of vague play style and this gives him a little bit more personality particularly i think especially with the sigma shield nerf the slight little shield nerf i think what they're trying to do there is make ram seem a bit more viable on poke maps whereas sig was like very clearly far and away the best poke tank you could pick on sniper map specifically so a little bit more damage and then actually like armor health is important i'd say in that form because prior to that a sniper headshot would dominate you and you don't have much shield really it's like it it, it it's maybe decent in comparison now to sig's shield nerf but placing on that shield it's it's uh quite limited it doesn't last so long so against snipers that are just holding the angle forever it's like you can't really poke against it whereas now you can because that's a 30 percent damage reduction from full health that they're it's really chewing down their damage and kind of letting you contribute poke um i do notice the damage numbers particularly like there's some small little targets you might be able to finish off easier particularly if you snare something with the vortex it's like you you it's like another kill condition he can have and especially for the tanks it's like there's so many tanks that easily kill a thing and um everybody knows like nemesis forms good at that but now he has just a little bit more like he has a small little fringe play that he could make with that staff um don't forget as well adds to his ult generation which that was another nerf that hit him really hard when they changed the ult cost because that was such a big percentage of his power um so this kind of like is a soft way to add that back as well um I think he's he's got a, a underrated matchup against Sig because he can run at him a little bit like uh, Ryan can, but also contribute to the sniper battle now somewhat. Whereas before he was just kind of a, a liability, frankly, and as a easy headshot. <laughs> um, so yeah, another power creep buff to a character I'll play. I'll I'll take that, please. <laughs> we'll get to the Winston one too at some point in the patch notes. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much coming right to it. Uh, so there's the there's the Sigma barrier thing. I don't think that much needs to be said about that. I think the regeneration rate going down 15 is like a real shrug moment. I I don't think yep. Sig I don't think that's gonna change anything. Sigma I think mostly is getting played anyways for the power of things that he enables, not necessarily like his own singular bustedness or anything like that. So I don't think this moves a needle so we can talk about the tesla cannon armor reduction or it tesla cannon now ignores armor reduction and this actually did cause a little bit of heat on, on social media from what i saw where people were like this is fucking stupid and why are they making winston like busted or whatever like this is just pointless and, and why are they doing this so 
Uh, let's go to Jaws first. Jaws, how do you feel about this one? I mean, if you're hitting right clicks on Briggs and stuff like that from what you'd imagine is a very far distance because Briggs not going to be playing up in your face, at least not on like an initial dive, then good on you. Like, that's great. I think it's more to shred. It's interesting, by the way, they didn't put a dev note for that. I'm curious what their thoughts are. About I think the, initially uh, they said, no, they did say they did put reduction. a dev note. It says this is a special property, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, it says just doesn't show it, it intended to increase Winston's effectiveness against other tanks with large yeah. armor health pools. He still won't specialize in dealing damage with tanks since the single target output damage is low, but it will be less of an extreme disadvantage. Oh, okay. It's not on the patch notes website, that's why I asked. Oh, sorry. It's in the forums. It, Oh, it's in the forum one? Oh, okay. Um, never go on the forums. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, I think overall, I think it's it's pretty decent. Yeah, just poking down like Rhines and like other tanks, I guess, which is great. Um, and like a lot of good Winstons were like comboing the, the Tesla cannon with the jump in, melee cannon, fucking land on somebody, you know, like that kind of thing to blow someone up. A bit more, uh, a bit easier to execute on someone like a Brig now, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I how much... How much of a, a fire did this really start? I, I just I just don't think this is really a change that should have gotten a lot of heat. Like a lot of that poke damage initially from Tesla Cannon is gonna get healed up like straight away from like an Arno, Brig, Bap, or like literally any healer. Like the the Winston, that's not his main primary source of damage. So ignoring armor, I think that's I think that's completely fine. Makes the combo potential nicer with the Winston combo. But other than that, I think yeah, it's a it's a good change. I think it's fine. All right, interesting. Uh, SK? Yeah, I have no opinions. I hate Brig, so <laughs> I'm all for this. Yeah, again, it's interesting because I, I think most people are like, yeah, this is not really for the tank matchup. This is going to affect the Brig matchup or potentially the Bastion it's, matchup. It's literally just the yeah. Brig matchup, yeah, or, or the Bastion yeah. matchup, yeah. Right. I mean, maybe it'll help in the Diva matchup. It might help you know? in the D.Va mirror, or like, not mirror, but like, you know, because D.Va often just like runs at you, chases you, so maybe now you can poke her down a little bit better and kind of pressure her out. But yeah, yeah. it's not really making a play there. I, th I think a lot of people were just saying that like this, it might enable like, like hard enable a dive meta, and, and that's kind of like, we're trying to force it in a way that's unhealthy, like rather than trying to like Bye, let buddy. it happen, we're trying to like force it by, <laughs> by power creeping the crap out of things. Um, Frida, how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, counter pickathon. It's like they just added Maga as well, which uh, I think pretty easily dominates at least primal. Uh, perhaps not the. And we have Roadhog, and there's so many options to counter Winston. Just like for the general player base, that I wasn't up in arms at this change. However, I will say it feels a little silly and wrong the bullying I've done to Briggs with this change. Like, because they just kind of can't play any position really because. Um, you know, in the first 10 seconds of playing that the new Winston rework, I'm like the the charge shot ready dive mechanic of like going in, it's like a full charge alt fire is her entire armor pool. And the thing that people gotta remember about armor, okay, it's like it's 30% damage resistance while you're in the armor health. So as a tank player or any player really, having some armor is like massive sustain. So Bastion's the worst for this. And I'm not sure what I think about it exactly, but like in theory, uh, is like poking and then maybe diving Bastion as Winston a play you could make? I think potentially yes. Whereas before it was hard, no. Run completely, never be in his line of sight, just hide. Now it's like there's maybe if you commit in, because you're 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 not just the, the important thing I want to note about it 
it, you're not just helping your damage, you're letting other people now not have the damage reduction when your team's fighting that thing. Um, so particularly those two picks that have uh, armor, it's like you have a tactical... Tactical? <laughs> you have a, a Pokemon, rock, paper, scissors um, counterplay to them. And I'm curious like how the people adapt. Because so far in the first few days when I've played against it, it's like people aren't like... They're not even trying to outplay that at all, it feels like. Um, or they're just used to being able to take advantage of that armor health. Against tanks, at the start of the fight, no one else usually is damaging the tank enough for it to get them out of their armor health. Like, you're not going to sit there and shoot the Ryan for four seconds, and then now he's out, out of armor health. That's not really how it, it works, due to how high the healing numbers are. But I, I do feel the difference on Bastion and Brig, for sure, where the healers might struggle to keep them in the armor health. And that and the difference in sustain of them being a focus fire target is like radically different. It, it's like it, I don't know. I'd have to look at the actual time to kill of it, but um, thinning out thirty percent of all day. It's like a reverse Discord or the thing of it like that. It's like what, what was Discord back in the day? Thirty percent at some point, or was it? Yeah, I think it was at some point. It's okay, right. Though. It's like a think of armor like that. Like that's how strong armor is as a principle, right? It's like a reverse discord on you. It's like a, a defensive version of it um, just in your base health. So um, I do not mind it at all. After after like Winston being a tough and the easiest to counter pick tank uh, for like a year, it feels like um, I'm totally happy to have to be the one laughing now. <laughs> There's the flats propaganda you said you'd spread. So <laughs> Yeah, I thought it over. I do really like this change. I feel like Winston has always been super weak and ranked. He's like unpickable, especially as soon as they go brig, you just can't really do anything. Because I feel like Winston is only strong in pro play because of the coordination between the dive, right? And you just don't have that in high, in ranked, like even in super high low. And Winston being able to do something against brig by himself makes me happy. I like that. Yeah, he can actually kill a brig on her own now, which I don't think you could really do before. Like before, she just kind of self-heal too much and run away or whip you. Yeah. But now you can actually fight her one. Doesn't affect her ult though. Oddly enough, that's right. funny because now it's over shield health, not armor. Otherwise, you would zap anyway. Wait, but maybe you're doing full damage to the over. Anyway, maybe I'm out thinking myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are. <laughs> uh, maze uh, maximum ammo reduced again. I think it's this is one of those we're gonna shrug and move on kind of thing. Like yeah, it'll probably. Reduce the yeah. amount of like brainless spamming you can do, but I don't think it. A lot yeah. of these changes, my my conclusion was like, well, is is anyone on the receiving end going to be less frustrated by this? No, not really. But will the person doing it maybe feel a bit more frustrated? Yeah. So you're kind of pissing everyone off in a way. Like, am I going to feel any better when the May walls me and like solo blizzards me and I'm the tank? No, I, I still feel pretty shit about it. I'm not like, oh, at least you had thirty less armor, guys. Uh, yeah, or thirty <laughs> less ammo, guys. Yeah. But you know, unless you drastically change in ammo um capacity in overwatch most of the time the ammo changes don't mean much because reloading an overwatch is very quick right um across every hero <laughs> like um in fact i'm not even sure if there are any differences that from hero to hero obviously when you have like an empty clip as like honor it reloads slightly slower but like you, you think about reloading an overwatch like the amount you do it is a joke like it's crazy so yeah, yeah it's kind of a eh. Malga and Ash are the only two heroes right. that you reload on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Ash is unique, right? So the, yeah. the, that's kind of true because you have to reload one bullet at a time. God, am I, remember when it was like even slower than that? Like, <laughs> holy so... shit. Yeah, what a that. horrible experience. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, it's just like, okay, yeah, reloading is eh. 
So ammo changes, unless they're drastic, don't mean a crazy amount. Yeah. Especially when they're high numbers, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of not doing a lot, the soldier healing station. I've memed on this with my chat a lot because... Uh, so the cooldown has been increased for the healing station 15 to 18 seconds. I think in this current dev note, they've just said that, oh, we, you know, rather than reduce the raw healing output, we're increasing the amount of time between consecutive uses to open up longer periods of vulnerability. I think in the earlier discussion or in the in the dev blog that they released before, they said, oh, we want to create windows of opportunity with the soldier healing station down. And now I just meme about it all the time, which is that <laughs> like, like nah. any, any time I, uh, I just kill a soldier or a soldier does kills me, I'm just like, Window opportunity, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Soldier healing station. Three seconds extra. Everybody gets hard in on this dive. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if they really... I don't know where this one came from. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you guys have any strong thoughts on this one, but I have no idea where this one... Who dug this one up from the... It nerfs flanking soldier, I guess, by three <laughs> seconds. Again, that's... On flanking soldier, that's... You know, if you're like perma on the flank, that's fairly reasonable but then he does have a really cool ability called legs which is awesome um that you can just also kind of run to health packs and get away anyway so it's like yeah again it's another strange change i don't think it's going to harm him too much maybe he has to play with his team a little bit more you know like but overall i don't think it's a, a big change what's well, one of those weird it changes might... where if you were the sorry go ahead sk oh no no i it might be a change for lower elos. I don't know if Soldier's super strong in lower elos, but he's definitely Maybe. not good in top 500. The, the time sure. to kill. That, yeah. might, that actually might affect them a lot. Because, yeah, the healing might... You know, you might be out healing the damage kind of thing. And to be fair, the healing mm -hmm. is the healing rate is fairly high. And dueling a Soldier with heal station is, like, kind of annoying. So that actually makes a lot of sense. I agree completely. And I think a lot of the patch notes look and smell like that. Like, that, like it's a... Uh... We're not having a top-down balanced game, I, I don't think. There's any evidence well, he, of that. Well, here's the silly part about it, though, is because it's like, will this change anybody, any soldier player's playstyle? And the answer is no. Like, I don't think any no. single soldier player is like, I'm going to no consciously way. be like cognizant that this extra three seconds on my health pack is going to do So it's like one of those, like, it definitely screams to me a lot of these changes of like the stat-based balancing of like, they looked at the numbers and they were like, oh, well, soldiers self-healing for a thousand or whatever per game. And so... We need to cut back on his healing station somehow. How do we do that? Well, we shouldn't reduce the healing raw output number because that would be bad. What about the cooldown, fellas? How about we make the cooldown longer? That'll reduce the number. Hey, frustration solved. So, yeah, it, like it doesn't. It's not going to change the player's behavior. They're just maybe eventually going to be like, "Oh, I died there." Okay. <laughs> you know, like okay, shrug. Are they going to like be like, "Oh, I was misusing my healing station for that three seconds." You know, so bit of a strange one, but. Sombra, this one is an interesting one. So the ability lockout of EMP increased from 1.5 to 3 seconds. The damage reduced from 30% to 25% of the current health. Uh, and they basically said that the EMP lockout duration wasn't feeling very impactful, so they wanted to buff it so it does. I like Any, it. Her yeah. EMP sucked. It was so bad before. I, I still don't think she's that good. I actually agree. And I think a lot of people think she's better than she is. Like, because... It, Oddly enough, it's like her her design, her redesign feels so good to play. I think people are like, I'm having a load of impact, but you're like, you're kind of not. <laughs> like yeah. your timing has to be very, very good for this hero to not not be tragic. Though she does also get a lot of free easy kills. And I think that like conditions you to think, okay, now I'm good. But then as soon as they start outplaying those easy kills of like, you know, uh, assassinating something with virus, as soon as they just start peeling for each other a little bit, then all of a sudden you're, you're like not a character. So I actually think she's, 
kind of weak in a way. Like you have to execute her very, very well to have a a good impact. Jaws. Yeah, I mean, completely agree. Yeah, her EMP was just kind of meh because it's just like, well, it's okay. I'll be fine. No one could focus me down in one point five seconds. I'll be all right. Yeah, it's um. Although I don't, I've never liked taking the agency away from a player in using their abilities. I think having it only on the EMP is fine. If it was like for manual hack as well, like, like it used to be, like fuck that. But yeah, I think EMP is is cool. It's a, it's like a big reward, right? That's what ultimate should feel like. So it's cool. Uh, reducing the damage as well that's actually quite nice i'll say the five percent um is going to feel good especially obviously being a tank player right um you're going to feel better about that not losing 30 percent. the five percent is a lot more for a tank than it is for like a support so yeah i think it's cool good change. Yeah, i wonder if this will create that incentive again for for like a lucio or a zen to like hide in the way that it used to happen where it's like yeah it probably will, oh, it, will. It, it, sure. it probably will yeah yeah zen zen's and lucio is definitely going to hide away now um which is cool which is Actually, something I really liked about playing against I Sombra. I liked it too. Um, yeah, because you are, it's a mind game. And that, that part of the game, I think, is very fun. Yeah. Just not playing against a Sombra that doesn't use her EMP for the entire game. So you just wait every single so fight you have beat, behind a and corner. you have trance. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> Yeah. It's <laughs> cool. I really like that aspect. Before. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. Fair, fair. Yeah, I like, I like the mind game as well. Uh, Torbjörn and Overload. Overhealth increase from seventy-five to hundred. Wow, that's cool. I love Torb, <laughs> so I'm I'm down with this. I love playing Torb, but I mean, again, it's another like okay, it's pretty hard to kill anyway. But uh, when he hits overload, but sure, twenty-five extra HP, baby. Let's go. You just wait for it to run out, and then you kill him. So yeah, Torb's fun as fuck to play though. <laughs> Fido, any thoughts? I I don't. I feel so happy that finally another Torb enthusiast is on the show. Yeah, I've been so lonely so fun, for so long. Uh, it's kind of BS as well. well. Yeah, it's just like as a support player as well. I'm like, I'm gonna tactically put, tactically put my turret to protect the player, the laning. Like I'm, I'm all on the uh, pro engineer thought thought process with with Torb, a hero that I can kind of aim with, um, and my turret does half the work for me. So great. Anyway, yeah, the the buff specifically. Um, I I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion. Fair. I mean, I, I think it would be hard pressed to find someone who has a very strong opinion on on that twenty five HP. But yeah, uh, here's one that might Trace's pulse pistol damage from five point five to six, which is another one of these numbers that oh. bounces around a lot in Overwatch two. Like you know, soldiers primary fire. It bounced around because it was a bug. That's right. why. That's why it bounced around so much because it was bugged forever, and they were like, "Oh shit, we got to fix that," and then we're going to reduce it, then we're going to buff it again. This change is huge, by the way. Like unbelievable. Like apply was just beating me into the dirt yesterday as, uh, <laughs> with his tracer, and I'm like, oh. like any good tracer player, like is going to be rejoicing with this stuff. Like tra the 5.5 to six is an insane buff for tracer players. Because she got the range, um, was it range nerf or buff recently as well? She She's actually getting more changes that she's ever gotten in the past, like, you know, however many years, which is quite interesting. But overall, like, incredible change. Um, Trace is very powerful in ranked as it was. And she's going to be even more powerful now. Um, yeah. I ask you, how do you feel about the Tracer haters? Because I think a lot of people feel like, well, Tracer, like, mm -hmm. why, why must she always be perma meta? Why they always got to buff her? when she's already being played a lot in like high elo and top 500 in pro play i have like an elitist opinion and that is that she is very difficult to play and i think people should be rewarded for it she's yeah. also a hero that has a lot of counterplay and like 
you having trouble with the tracer like like yeah that sucks but it's it's something that can be solved by just getting better instead of other things like oh your teammate has to swap or oh it's like i don't know i just find it fun to play against her and i and i like that a really difficult hero is rewarded for being good I, so i don't mind her being meta and she's fun to play she's very fun to play uh frida how do you feel about this i think she's pretty fair in the current power creep version of the game so many supports that can defend themselves pretty easily against her so for most players i think it's like the supports will still feel stronger until you're like at the skill ceiling and those players know how to not get hit anyway like they're just so good that they're kind of in and out and especially when you start to really master the the one clip mechanics like that's the the zenith tier of, of tracer gameplay and she's she's important to the game i think um remember we had seagull on the podcast like a while ago right and like he talked about how he actually hated Tracer for the duration of Overwatch 1 competitive play because of just how crucial she was, not just like as a damage hero, but so she did damage, but she also placed positions that no other character could. So it was like she's just her on a roll on her own kind of uh, throughout lots of different metas until they removed her from the game for a few. But um, <laughs> I think it's at like a somewhat fair space based on like how many options you have to... Uh, to um shoot back at her basically like you're not a defenseless support getting farmed by tracer it's it's hard it definitely is but uh it, when she's really really good but support's been dealing the deeps for uh <laughs> quite a while now in overwatch 2 and you have lots of options to do it as well so I, I i don't know i think a fair power creep change like this is the power creep patch it's like power creep was easing in they're just like ah just just, just power creep it more why not like <laughs> let's put everything up all the numbers up um I don't know. As long as a lot of things feel playable, I, I'm I'm fine with it. This is another one. Yeah, and it's like actually the thing you mentioned there is not really relevant so much for Tracer anymore anyway. So so this should be fine. Which is that that she doesn't she doesn't uh, occupy that role anymore of this like singular unique character that can play this position no one else can. Like now there's actually a bunch of heroes that can just well I mean all, like off angling is just so much more of a thing in Overwatch two in or at least right. deep deep off angling. Like previously we're talking about like a diva at a slight, you know left field here but now like everybody can be everywhere right so i think that that like that need for tracer is gone anyways like now kiriko does this twice as good because she can like insta teleport <laughs> out so um yeah i i think this is uh yeah i, I think as i share sk sentiment that it's, it's maybe she's the hardest hero in the game so i'm okay with her if, if she was the best hero in the game i'd be okay with that um Although maybe, yeah, you could say now tank is very hard too, but yeah, I still think Tracer up there. So also very fun. BAPS primary fire ammo reduced from 45 to 36. Uh, I'll go to Jaws on <laughs> this one. Massive nerf. Dude, like, bro, I played him yesterday. I was I was trying to make a point to play BAP and Kiri. Obviously, we'll go into that in a minute just to see how it felt. I was like, what changed? Like, if, you, <laughs> if, if I just loaded in without knowing the patch note, I'd have been like, all right, cool. Like it doesn't you reload so often and doubly more so as BAP because you have the healing grenade like on the right, right click. So like the reload on BAP is just so like uh, eh, you're doing it so often anyway, so it doesn't matter. I think what kind of got me about this patch note was actually the dev comment. Like they said Batiste has a high amount of sustained damage, true, in addition to his various survivability tools. True, shift is crazy good. Um and lamp, obviously. We would prefer to keep his long cooldowns. Uh, abilities feeling more impactful so we're going to be pulling back on some of his damage potential i'm like 
if you show me stats that show BAP doing less damage in ranked, significantly less damage, I'll be shot. Because it's you're still doing insane damage as BAP, regardless of you having like nine less ammo, three less shots, three. And like the majority of the damage as well is like you pop window out and then you're one shotting traitor. You're like double hitting people in the body. Like it, it, it's insane damage output just using Ant Matrix. It's just, again, it's just such a like, if they just didn't put the dev comment, I think I'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, but I'm just <laughs> like, that's that. I just don't think that makes sense in like how you're, you're balancing this, but then you don't want to like increase reload time or anything like that. You, I think if you want to have him do less damage, I think you just tick the numbers down a little bit there. You don't change the ammo output in a mechanic with a mechanic that is just so, it just doesn't matter for the majority of heroes in the game, especially Bab, with how often you reload. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a meme there, I think. Bit of a meme change. Well, again, this strikes me as another one of those stat-based balances, right? Where it's like, okay, he's doing too much damage. Like We're looking at the stats of average per 10 on every support. Bab's doing too much. We don't want to change his numbers, like his damage or his healing. So how do we bring that number down? Maybe we give him less ammo and now, over the course of a game, maybe he will do like 500, 1,000 less damage and they're, and they're happy with that maybe, right? They're like, okay, well, that's less damage. You look, he's not like on the, on the end screen stat board, you don't get to flex the like, look, the BAF did more damage than the DPS. Like maybe now it's a little bit less and they're happy with that. But I, I do concur with you. Although I was amused when you said like pop window and one shot a tracer. I'm like, bro, you one shot a tracer normal, one shot a fucking Winston. Yeah, I mean, true, right? Yeah. Fucking one shot a Winston, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, SK, how do you feel about this one? I've always said that Bap is the most broken hero in Overwatch. If you removed any of his abilities, he would still be good. Uh, nine ammo? Man, what? <laughs> he has three <laughs> health bars. The ammo is not the problem. Yeah. It does. That's, you remove that's that 100 idea. HP you get from Shift again, and then he, you know, you'd probably bring yeah. him down a peg. Because that, I think that was the biggest change in Bap's history of being a character. Was you getting... 100 HP for using shift under a certain amount. It's ridiculous. Like, holy shit. Like, I, I do understand, like, and they're, they're right in saying, like, he does have long cooldowns, but, like, that is insane. I, I've never really thought about it like that either, having three health bars. You're not wrong. Like, you're actually yeah. just straight not wrong. Like, that's a funny way to look at it, because, yeah, Lamb <laughs> also has a fucking health bar, and then you also have to get a second one when he does, does his shift, so the regenerative burst, so, yeah. Bit of a funny change on this one. And you can boots away in Sofio. So yeah. I, I feel like he has four ways. I, he's one of my most played characters. And uh, I feel I was abusing that shift buff uh, before it was popular, before the cool kids uh, got okay. to it. The hipster, hipster bat player. Uh, I like that, like, it forces me to manage my ammo a little more. Like, as like a change, their reasoning is like kind of funny on it. <laughs> I agree with Jaws, but uh, I, I think it's like a, a smart change due to how easy it is to like. You know, being there's a lot of awkward disciples out there in ranked. It feels like where I, I swear, like every support player is an awkward fan, and they're just trying to frontline DPS the whole time. Um, as someone who, as we've established earlier in the podcast, can't really aim body shot bandit. Um, it matters to me when I have a little less ammo because uh, I'm not so efficient. Um, but so I liked I had to like think about my ammo at some point in the game. I think it's like a a positive change, but you have two sources of impact heal or shoot so i i think it's like a way to like step back the cadence of his 
gas pedal to all the way down, always uptime um, BS that he is. He's a pretty BS character, but I think it's also because the rest of the game kind of like slowed down around him and then he's benefited from the game slowing down. Like there's an entirely different story when we're like talking about like the Widow and Hog meta back then. Like he got the change prior to that and the game's more mid-rangey and brawly now. So he's just like the god king of the universe especially with alari uh dropping in some of her easy power like bap's like pretty competitive against a, a very stacked role <laughs> let's just be honest um i don't know I, I love the guy he's amazing but but um i don't know how they're gonna nerf him because like i don't know how they're gonna nerf him in a way that's like gonna matter for top players because um the, the thing i always try to remind everybody about bap is like his impact severely goes down as soon as your teammates position poorly. Like the better your teammates position, then he like amplifies their positioning to make it way, way better. But if they suck at positioning, it's like you're kind of just the solo guy and there's like better supports for that. Um, I don't know how they fix that problem. And I think the truth is you don't. And I prefer them not to um, allow stats to hold a playstyle issue that probably exists with the mainstream player base. That's fair. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's too obtuse of a point. Was that No, that's coherent? fair. I think that, <laughs> no, that makes that makes sense. Like, you know, you can't necessarily alter the play style that way with you know, like with the like how yeah, you're right. How do you how do you make that happen? I also think I think it's an amusing point. I do think awkward's unranked to GMs have kind of I've seen I've seen a schism in the type of support player I get in my games. They're either extreme. They're either like you got to figure out, is this guy never going to heal me because he's like perma in the backline? Or is he the AFK support? Like there's there's only two. There's the perma backline in your in their backline support. Or there's the guy who's like, I'm playing in Narnia. If you push up around this corner, I will never heal you. I'm never leaving this position. So just AFK in front of me here and that's it. That's it. That's all you get. So like you really have to figure it out because they really bounce between one or the other. One requires you to int with them and the other one requires you to just AFK. So... Awkward. Think about what you've done. Think about what you've done to the Overwatch community. <laughs> uh, Brigitte whipshot 80 to 70 damage, which especially in the context of the Tracer changes is interesting. And I suppose the Winston changes, which is perhaps where a lot of the furore came from about forcing uh, a potential dive meta. How do we feel about this one? Because obviously this affects the uh, the one-shot potential combo that Brig had on a Tracer. SK? It's good. I like it. That's it. <laughs> you did. You did declare you hate Brig earlier, so that might bias that your combo is too strong, way too strong. It's ridiculous, and she's like she's still good. I'm seeing Briggs in every single one of my ranked games, and I don't play Brig, and I'm losing all of my ranked games. So, <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Jaws. Um, Brig is a, another Doomfist hog-like character that it will be either very good or kind of bad um i don't think she's ever going to find a happy medium i'm kind of glad that she's getting nerfed a little bit it's so hard to like buff and nerf that character because of how she is and she has armor she has a shield she's very unlike every other support so yeah removing some of those break points where like you're just yeah one tapping people and stuff like that yeah it's it's a good thing i think um maybe we'll see a little less break uh, i'm not entirely sure i think the healing maybe needs to go down a little bit before we end up seeing that because the healing is insane still uh but yeah overall i think well, good change uh, i'll uh supersede frito here and say channeling the inner samito and representing him he's gonna say well look until we deal with the multiple sources of healing fellas nothing will change it's the pack plus the rally 
plus the uh, the inspire. inspire. If you if you don't change one of those, you're gonna always have this problem where, and you do notice it sometimes. You try to fight something that the brig is helping. It's like, I thought I did a hundred damage to that character, but that instantly went back to full. Wow, shit. Okay. Um. So I yeah I don't know if this will change what they've described in the patch on the developer comments is that she's by far the best performing support and that might be why SK feels her pain but Frida how do you feel do you think this is uh enough um I also feel strangely enough people don't respect Brig in the way that like you gotta punish her man like they just the invisible healing it's like the silent killer dude like I think a lot of players just like let her live in the front and you got to trade her out. She can't be allowed to do her little cooldown cycle, and you expect to, like, kill much. I, I kind of felt this a little bit when, like, Lifeweaver stats were too high. It's like he just, like, chills in the back and will literally heal his way to victory. Now, now I think he's, like, pretty balanced, Lifeweaver, but Briggs kind of, like, taking up that role of really being able to slow down the game. And when she has these breakpoints of, like, oh, I also have, like, a bunch of duels I can win, too. Not just am I defensible, but... I can insta kill something that that's kind of nuts on, on that character. So, um, yeah, not not like a strong opinion because there's also supports that headshot you too. So, <laughs> like, it's hard for me to hate Brig like as much as maybe I should based on like the skill to reward output ratio. But stacked role, very very strong role. Mm. <laughs> and speaking of, I think what many have described as a net buff is Kiriko's changes, which is. The projectile speed of her healing has been increased. And the Suzu, while it, the invulnerable duration has been reduced from 0.85 to 0.65, the healing explosion has been increased by 40. And the devs are saying basically we, you know, this will force her to have a more strict timing requirement. And to counterbalance that power loss, we're giving her more healing. Jaws, I'll go to you first on this one. How do we feel about the this offer one? The changes are really nice. Like that extra four meters per second, you can really feel it. Um, and I think that was the most frustrating part about Kiri was if you are in the medium range kind of um, sight lines with your DPS or tank or whoever it is you're trying to heal, the cards like taking eons to get, and you're like, please, the cards, and you're like, sorry, bro, my cards just didn't make it to man. And you're like, I just can't. I like, I can't heal any quicker. Like, I can. I'm like Wing towards you and shooting my uh, offerer towards you. Like, and so like increasing that is going to make it way less frustrating when you're trying to heal the tracer, the farer, farer, you know, whoever basically um, on on the team. I think it's. I think it's great. It's a really nice change. Uh, the Suzu, I think it's good. It's a pretty insane amount of healing now. Forty to eighty, doubling the amount of heal. I mean, Suzu, the invulnerability, like it being a cleanse, of course, that was like the main draw to that was like it cleansing things, cleansing negative effects. And now it giving you 80 HP is kind of nuts. More healing like, on cleanse character... as well, remember. Right. Yeah. Like, I, that's I can't remember what the number was. What, what, what's, what's the total then? Not off the top of my head. No clue. But yeah, when you play, because you cleanse an ability like anti, you get a bit of extra HP. And then it going from 40 to 80 is kind of ridiculous. 0.2 seconds in this context is quite large because obviously the numbers are so small there. Um, it is quite a large difference, but I overall, like this is a, a net buff for sure. It's going to feel a lot less satisfying playing Kiri with your cards traveling faster. And then the healing is kind of nuts now. <laughs> 
So chat is telling me 110 healing, presumably, if you cleanse something. Oh, like an AoE. You get the explosion. Oh. That's a lot of health. I don't know if they needed to touch the healing, because I thought the healing was like, it was fine to begin with. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot. SK? That's a lot. Tree strong. Supports are OP. Make less. <laughs> don't say that. Please. <laughs> Well, I mean, most of the players here play mostly support, so even if we say that, we'll still get some people being like, fuck you guys, but... Yeah, of course. Uh, Always. Yeah, I think I think this is like unintended effects again. I think they maybe thought that, again, this was the Blizzard approach of like, if we have nerfed a thing, we must compensate a thing. But I think they've like underestimating like where this will impact, which is not only as, you know, you guys have pointed out, like, well, if... You're all in a clump, and you suzu everyone. It's like 110 for every target that just got HP. Let's say you antenated oh wound, but also it like the Kiriko flank playstyle will help a lot because it's like you're just using the suzu to like give yourself a seconds in vulnerability anyways, or like you know a little quick invulnerability. Now getting an extra 80, 80 HP is like for a lot of heroes like maybe another another shot they have to hit, another second or so of like damage time that they have to put into trying to kill the Kiriko. So it's like. That's a lot for like if you're trying, or even if you're not, even if she's not in your backline, let's say you're a tracer going at her or someone going at her, that extra HP is a lot. So I don't know if they've fully thought through the ramifications of this one, but it also isn't necessarily game breaking either. So, Frida, how do you feel about it? Yeah, she didn't have enough health bars, so they had to add another. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's got to keep up with the other supports. But, like, unironically, though, this is one of the main reasons why I think this has got to be a, a, a bottom 90% player base patch because like Kiri's win rate is not good and and people talk about her like she's the best support in the game and I've been saying like I mean she was my best support but like now it's easily BAP like in in comparison I there's there's actually very few situations where I feel like I have to be on Kiri and because right while cleanse like in theory you're like well if my tank yeah but my tank also can like hide and not feed like if they're feeding yeah then you gotta like uh, cleanse them so that they actually can go in but a lot of things don't do that nowadays and you're better off just like uh, standing and delivering in the back so Kiri's playstyle got like passed up a bit I, I feel with how like the rest of the support roles gotten powered up so on, on one hand I look at the stats of this and I'm like wow that's insane but on the other hand like a lot of the supports are just spewing out value everywhere and, and Kiri wasn't keeping up in my opinion um, at least, at least for me, like I wouldn't want to be on her. Like the, the whole like, uh, the game's just far less flanky and divey anyway. So, perhaps not the way you should solve that problem. Just a a, a bit of a power creep. We're we're making a patch of gumbo here. I feel it's just sort of like a power creep gumbo. It's like, well, what do we do? A little more more flavor of this. Just like add a little more. Why why not? Just boost those stats up a bit. Um, curious if they're gonna mass downscale the game because for, from my standpoint it's like if you're not in the backline sniping uh, uh, something and getting out it's like you're you can't play a backline kiriko now because other supports are just better at as backline support characters in my opinion so like suzu is because a lot of players did play like that and now that ability has got to like offset life weaver or bap who are just better at, at at healing their team right and also applying pressure um, so I don't know. I, I'm also a little interested because SV, you've always talked about how you hate the flanking Kiriko playstyle uh, mm -hmm. as a concept. 
But I also think that's like the only way to really make her any good in comparison to the other sports that are just like better at playing a, a more supportive position. Yeah, especially since they they've kind of done away with the heel bot Kiriko, right? It went from they've kind of we went hard jarring extreme of like at launch it was like heel bot. I mean, once people figured it out, at first people were like, "How do we play her?" and then people were like, "Just heel bot and build Kitsune Rush and use Kitsune Rush." And then we hard jarred into like, "Nah, just perma flank again." This is awkward. I'm looking at you. This is the fucking number of times like I don't play Kiriko, man, because this morally I don't play heroes I hate, but like. <laughs> Sometimes like, my chat nice. will make me play Hiriko, and then I'll be like, this hero just never dies. But then everyone's like, four-step plan, SCV, four-step plan, go in the back. You know, because that's the, that's the whole thing that Awkward did in his unranked GM, where it's like, you know, you go in the back line, you flank, you set up, you, like, shoot, and then you teleport out. Basically, you try to get a kill, and you teleport out. Which is, like, very frustrating, but... Yeah, I, I, I do concur that, like, it's, it's awkward for her, no pun intended, to, like, find a position. But I also don't think her bad win rate is indicative of her bad strength is just that as you said other supports are just better and it kind of reminds me of when we would discuss like in the past like a winston or reinhardt where it's like no no, no these heroes aren't bad it's just the other heroes are stronger and other heroes are gatekeeping these heroes so we don't need to buff these heroes nerf the other things and so i think kiriko strikes of that where it's like we don't really need to buff kiriko maybe you just need to look at bap meaningfully so that like if you're running Kiriko against their BAP, you're not just auto-losing in value because their BAP is just doing five times more. So I, I think it's just like... harder to play. Yeah. She's harder to play. And that's not like that. Your point there is like not... It is very indicative of this balance patch and like the way they're balancing this is not a top-down balancing patch and a not a top-down balancing philosophy around the game. So it's... Yeah, I think this patch, I think Frito said it earlier, it's quite indicative of like how they view the current patch and the current balance of the game compared to win rates of heroes in various ranks. So, Right. Okay, so the final patch note is activating Valkyrie for Mercy. No longer disconnects Caduceus stats from his target. Mercy mains rejoice. Uh, SK, how do you feel about this one? I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... So the war has been won. <laughs> it's true. As they've been true. fighting for that change for a very long time. I don't think it makes like a balance difference. It's just satisfying. Yeah, it's just a quality of life change. I I do know since Overwatch 1, Mercy players have been asking for this one. So totally yeah. fair. Uh, okay, so that concludes the balance. Now, do you guys have anything you want to talk overall big picture about the balance patch before we talk about some of the like other additions that are coming this season? I mean, I personally prefer a top-down balancing philosophy over, like, how what it feels like right now with a little bit of scattershot, uh, just nerfing various things in different ways, like the BAP change, for example. I much prefer, like, a top-down kind of uh, way of doing things, personally. But, obviously, it's up to the balance team and, like, how they want to approach the game and how they think the game does best when certain heroes are balanced well. I think that's also a point that you could say is um, it's worth keeping in mind. The more fun heroes are, the more people like to likely to play the game. Like I probably look at the player numbers when Arissa was meta and like you had to perma play Arissa even at like lower ranks and when she had like really high win rate. I wonder what the player numbers were like then versus like when maybe a Winston or a Ryan is meta or like you know X or Y or Z is strong. You know that are more fun. So I think it's. I think that's worth keeping in the back of your mind too when you look at balance and patch changes. 
buff fun heroes, you know. <laughs> Maybe don't touch the ones that aren't as fun to play. <laughs> I like that point. I also think sometimes they have different goals, which they won't state. But like, yeah, of course. If there's a if there's a bad owl grand final queuing up in the balance maybe they're like yeah boop, 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 like an attack those heroes and then this one's like well the kids are going to be coming home for winter break so <laughs> let's make the a bottom 90 percent patch because that, that's what it looks like to me like that's the anyway but they, they, they won't say factor, this yes it's probably a small factor even if it's not a big one it's definitely yeah it's definitely present when patch notes being made i think I'd prefer them not to be knee-jerky, personally. I like the mechanics of the game to, like, make a little sense. Like, let, let me, like, wrap my head around something. I even I actually get nervous sometimes a little bit when it's like, all right, well, now Winston shoots armor now. I'm like, well, hold on. This changes everything. Like, I'm going to the the, <laughs> the theory board, you know what I mean? Like, like that's how my brain works with this stuff. Because um, I still feel like we're struggling to keep up with the rate of changes we already have. And I'm like, how about we aim at the gameplay we want to see as opposed to, like, changing win rates always like it, some some of these heroes are like it is what it is it's like it's a he easy hero or a viable hero and i i prefer new content to like dominate the uh novelty of the game um for the mechanics to change up we're like all right now i got a new piece in the meta that i can think about where to place it as opposed to like you know radically power creeping the game but luckily this game is like pretty resistant to weird balancing it's like the game still feels somewhat playable uh, uh i think most people would agree with that at least like the diversity of the cast um i don't know what the heck they're gonna do with the support role though because like the the reality of it is like it's only broken by top players like most most players are, are still not good at support <laughs> as like a concept you know so it's like what what how do they fix that problem it, it wasn't even necessarily that different overwatch one either like you think about like the, the early days it's like uh Remember the first time you saw Ryu Jae Hong like consistently shut down a Genji? Like, wow, that's like eye-opening. Like, what a support can do, and I, I didn't even think that was possible. And and now it's gotten to the point where, you know, you, we got people out here just saying like, just just run it down in DPS the whole time and heal sometimes. <laughs> that's how strong your character is. So, not sure. Yeah, I, th I think you make a good point about just how much it changes, and I think this countered with or coupled with the fact that like the, the frequent balancing coupled with the fact that. You are swapping a lot. I think the individual strengths of the heroes are hard to tell sometimes, and a lot of heroes go by the wayside as, as unrecognized. I want to go back to what SK brought up with Hog, just to get some more hating in there, because I am a hater by nature. Which is that like nobody's <laughs> nobody's realizing this guy's fucking giga busted, bro. It's just like it's just because Ana exists that we can kind of like, oh well, I shut down the Hog. But if Ana doesn't exist, or again another use of Kiriko, which we didn't mention but may well be relevant next season, is with Malga. If you just want to sit a Kiriko babysitting the tank, you might like you might be a lot of value, and it's like now the Ana effect doesn't matter so much anymore either. But like, one thing I hate about the fucking new Hog is like how little counterplay there is to so much of his things. But you just cannot interrupt his things anymore, right? Like everything he does is now like uninterruptible, because it used to be you could un you could interrupt his ult. Can't do that anymore. He just goes like if you knock him like I, I played a fair amount of Sig, right? And obviously no one's gonna have sympathy with me because they're gonna be like, well you had your fucking Sig meta. I don't need him to be meta, bro. But there's literally no counterplay anymore to fucking Hog. You can't rock his his uh, ult. And you can't rock his vape. If he ults you, you just die. Because you, guess what? You throw your shield up. Yeah. In, in a second, it breaks. You grasp. He fucking hooks you in your fucking free <laughs> hook. 
And then he continues going, gug, 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 gug. you try to rock it, it doesn't matter. Like, he'll just get back up. So you're just fucked. He else, you fucked. Yeah. So, like, the counterplay, yeah. the, like, actual tactical element of it is gone. Where previously, actually, Sig Hog was a pretty skillful matchup. Because it's like, I gotta block his hook with my shield. And I gotta try and rock his vape. And I gotta try and rock his ult. Now it's just like, he farms you. Good luck. Have fun. Try playing a different hero, you chump. So it's like, and, and it's like that with a lot of things now where you just can't interrupt him. So it's just like, well, where's my counterplay? I know you're like, oh, Hulk should have some counterplay. Where's my counterplay now? This motherfucker does whatever he wants. He just shrugs everything off. So there's my Hulk rant. SK, how do you feel about the whole, just the whole discussion overall? I agree with, well, I want to agree with your Hulk rant. I hate that they took away the counterplay with his vape. He just has infinite healing. It's yeah. ridiculous. If you don't have an honor as end, like, that guy runs free forever. For the overall conversation, like, I don't, the problems I have with the game are not things that can be solved by, like, small balance patches. I think as long as the balance patches between seasons shake up what heroes are being played in the ELO that I play, then I'm happy. Like, we're playing Ramacha now and everyone's not Perma Sigma. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, and if, if Baptiste was played less, I'd be really happy too. But, like... These, these problems that I have with the game that make it unfun are, are, may not even be able to be solved by balanced things like small balance patches or even big ones. So as long as it shakes things up, I'm happy. Not to start oh, an yeah. entirely different podcast. Sorry, Jules, I just want to interrogate this a little yeah, bit and then we sure. can come back to your, uh, your thought. But not to start an entirely different podcast subject, but what are some of these things would you, would you elaborate, SK, that you're kind of causing your unfun? Mm. What are they? Playing DPS against, uh, just playing DPS now feels like I'm really short and everyone is seven foot and I'm like, <laughs> in a, I'm boxing them. Like it's, it's so ridiculous. Supports just feel busted. Tank feels like the raid boss. I don't know. And then the, like you have to counterpick tanks in order to do something against them. Oh, I don't know. It's. And you know, you know what? What really frustrates me is the behavior of other players. I people are flaming me in quick play for having fun. Like, whatever, man. That's whatever. You're stupid. I, whatever. And then <laughs> what else? I've been getting a lot of super stacked lobbies, like like ten pros, nine pros in games. And if you get the one person that isn't a pro, or the one person that like only plays Junkrat, and you're on Suravasa or something, then you just auto lose, and I hate that. Like, like work with me here. I don't know. Just the behavior of other players frustrates me more than anything else in this game. That's fair. I think that's a that's a fair thing to bring up, even if it's not necessarily something that can be actively done, like you said. Jaws, what did you want to bring up earlier? Well, I just wanted to just bounce off Esco's point. Like, I think I'm in the same boat. Sorry, holy shit, there's a motorbike outside. I'm in the same boat of like, as long as they mix things up, using the mid-season patch and like the new season patch and just make things fresh. I'm very okay with things being a little bit busted one way or another. Like, oh, we get a Ram, we get a Rhyme Meadow, we get a Wins. As long as, as long as we're not like perma-stuck in like a Sig meta for a whole season, a Ram meta for a whole season, I'm completely fine with it being half a season's worth of content and like, hey, this is what you have to play at like uh, GM1 top 500 level. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm very okay um, because it keeps the game fresh. And like as a live service model, that is, it, it definitely feels like that's what they're trying to do. And uh, I, the patch notes that we just went over, it might seem the opposite of that because a lot of the changes were like, why? But when they do make big changes, 
and they have done this in the past, they do make them quite big. Even if it is like frustrating, like you were talking about, and like with Hog being kind of dumb. Like, I'm cool with that for a little while, as long as yeah. mid-season there's like, hey, now we're playing a lot of Rhyme. Now we're playing a lot of like X, Y, or Z. Or like, now you have to play Ana Zen in the back line because it's strong. Or whatever. Um, yeah, as long as, as long as we keep doing that, that's good. And that's how a live service model should be. So there is some like props to the devs there and like making these big changes and like character reworks um, that do really shift up the game. On the on the small note on the hog point, another character that is almost impossible to balance one way or the other. He's either shit or he's fucking OP. Because yeah. that character's design fundamentally belongs in Overwatch 1 with the hook because you have another tank to tank the hook. <laughs> in Overwatch 2 because you're a solo tank. He doesn't really... I, imagine Hog being made now. There's just no way. There, there's just no way. Like, the character itself is very one-dimensional. Hook in... There's more now with the playpen, which is a pick playpen, pig pen, um, which is cool. But, yeah, it's a problem with the hero from, like, Overwatch 1 that's creeped into Overwatch 2. I think that's the main issue. And it's... Unless you take away the hook, which takes away his identity. I don't really see him changing too much apart from him being like super bad or super good. That's fair. Frito, anything you want to add to this whole Yeah, discussion? lots of anti-hog propaganda. Sigma sucks <laughs> as a character. When I play against Sigma, it reminds me of playing against Double Shield, and I hate it. Mainly because he, he does all the damage things and has a shield. So yeah, I will hook you without counterplay, and I can absorb <laughs> endless poke as Roadhog. You know what I like about, about Roadhog? You know what I like even most. More than playing him and winning with him is because I have limited skill in this game. What I like the most is being right. Because people told me I was wrong about Hog. And I was like, no, no, no. He's really good. Are you crazy? I can outplay an anti here or there. It's a long cooldown. They just nerfed the cooldown as well. And, you know, this is what y'all get. Y'all told me the Hog rework was bad. I saw a lot of these top analysts. We just forget about this. And I, I remember. The Pepperidge far Farm remembers. And, and I was right about Hog. So you're welcome. Um... <laughs> That's that's all I have to say. I I like I think Hog works in Overwatch too because like self sufficient. He's like it's like a different version of Maga again. Like like these self sufficient tanks that sort of like play their position and I don't know. I, I think it's how a tank should feel in Overwatch too. Like they can actually contribute to a playstyle. Whereas uh, previously in previous patches it was like tanks were just getting rolled by everything. Man, there just wasn't even an option. It, it felt like to me personally. Like I. Uh, supports my top role, but I've been addicted to playing tank and like learning a lot of the different characters. And so having having a pick that's like, all right, y'all ain't working with me. I'll just go take my my little junk rat position in a hole somewhere and and pick pen and hook my way to victory. Like uh, I I like that as a component in five v five personally. And uh, screw you, you shield plus poke <laughs> character players. Sigma is so much more obnoxious to play against than Hog. I think Hog actually has counters, whereas Sig's like so boringly reliable. Um, it makes me actually remember, like, man, there was a lot of shields in Overwatch 1 proportionally. Like, you always had a shield in a game, right? And then now, a shield's back in Overwatch 2. I'm like, shields suck, bro. They're, like, <laughs> they're terrible. Like, I, I like it on a main tank-style character, like Ryan or, or Winston, but on... Please don't add, like, a ideal good damage and shield tank ever again. Like, let's, you know... I, I'd like another main tank. I saw some people complain about MAGA. It's like, there's too many shooty tanks. All right, like... Maybe we'll get another old school male, main tank. I said male tank, I think. <laughs> main tank style tank would be nice. Like a, a positional based one, teamwork based one. I'd like to see what their vision of a Overwatch 2 style main tank. Uh, I guess it's kind of RAM, probably. Is that, Junker but... Queen is, is a cool tank. Yeah, but I mean with but a shooty, shield. But shooty, shooty, feel... yeah. Yeah, she's shooty, shooty. Yeah. 
with yeah that's, that's what i'm trying to get at right like a, 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 anyway whatever just wanted yeah. to even just wanted to push back. you wanted to bit. push back you wanted to channel your inner unsalted salt i get you i get you i will say you're just not <laughs> you're just not in good company there's just like zero hog players that anyone <laughs> likes listening to i will just say that i will just say that um okay so that concludes the patch notes section we'll just quickly run through again i know i've taken a lot of you guys time so we'll just quickly run through everything else to get your thoughts on what we know is coming in this season. I think a lot of people are looking forward to season nine more than like season eight feels a little bit forgotten again because everyone's like, comp, rework, when is it coming? Is it not this season? What the, what is this? But uh, I think maybe the most significant thing was the new weapon skins, the hard light weapons. At least certainly to me, it feels like a significant, we've never had weapon skins in Overwatch 4, like specific weapon skins. So I am curious to you guys' thoughts. Uh, SK, how do you feel about the new hard light weapon skins lame too expensive <laughs> don't care boring wait uh, do we know how much they'll cost no but oh, okay. they cost real money <laughs> so it's too expensive i was like yo sk's got some leaks no um okay that's fair is it not comp points like the gold ones or is it no. a separate currency no it's oh, real. no, no it's, on, a, it's a it's a purchasable cosmetic yeah yeah it's oh, a purchasable man. cosmetic it, it's gonna be interesting Go ahead, Jaws. I think it's good. I think this is something that Overwatch has been needing for a long time. Again, bring it more in line with like how other games do it now. Obviously, Valorant doesn't do like player model skins because CS had a little debacle when they introduced like character model skins, and like some were like darker armor than others, so you couldn't see them in shadows and shit. But like Valorant doesn't do that. I think having weapon skins, more customization for character is good. However, how much do they cost? That's the big question because I do think they'll. I really hope they're not like legendary, near legendary prices. My, we talked about this actually on Plat Chat, but like if they are between a thousand to fourteen hundred, I think that's okay. Um, maybe a little bit less, depending on again, like, but there are sound effects, like, there's different things in them, so that it's a lot more than just like a reskin of an actual, it's not like a skin with a weapon, like, you're not just getting that. There's like little bits to them, which is. I think is important for like the evolution of the game as a live service. Um, as long as they're not too expensive. And as long as you can buy them individually. I don't want to have to go in. I Ana is one of my favorite heroes. I don't want to have to buy an Ana one and a junk one. I've been playing since 2016. Yeah. I have like three hours on junk, max. Like I have even less on some other heroes. Like Ball, I have like 30 minutes or something stupid. Probably more on all accounts. But like, I don't want to have to be able to get Arna with the ball, with the junk rat skin. If they're individual, and as long as they're fairly priced, and like, I think a thousand coins, which is 10 bucks, right? I think that would be around the cost they should, like, and that seems a bit expensive, but then obviously you compare lots of other games, they are way more expensive than other games. So, if it's around a thousand coins, I would say upper limit for me would probably be like 1300. Um, then I think, good. But more customization is always nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually... Kind of looking forward to it. And again, it's not only is it more customization, they can do a lot more with the skin as well. But if it's just the weapon, because it doesn't have to be tied to an actual skin and like the player model. So like there's a lot more flexibility for them to like play around with with just weapon skin. Right. So yeah. I'll play a little bit of a game of telephones, which is that I think chat is telling me that according to Stylosa, it's twelve hundred credits for a first. Twelve hundred. 
does he have the info? It's it's not know. official anywhere. So if that is, it's a leak. If it's not official, well, yeah, no, no, no. That, that's what I'm saying. I think I think chat yeah. is reporting that Stylosa is reporting that it's twelve hundred. Yeah. Uh, can't trust the British man. You just can't trust him. I, I'll Fuck wait him. until I see the figures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think here's my prediction for the weapon skins. I think that they've made a created a problem for themselves. And you're not going to see weapon skins given to any heroes that have a mythic skin. Because what happens when you have a mythic skin with customizable sound and a weapon skin also making its own whirring and burring and, and murring. So right now we have Reaper Ryan, Reaper Ryan and Mercy who are don't all each don't have a mythic skin. And I think the problem is like, I mean, maybe because real talk, the mythic skins have been getting lamer every season. So maybe they'll just make a lame mythic skin that doesn't have a sound effect that you can add a, a hard light weapon to or whatever. But what happens when you mix your cyber Genji noises with your hard light noises and now like it's a cacophony of random skin noises coming and you can barely hear footsteps? My bet is that they probably just won't allow the skins on the mythic skins. Maybe. That is my bet. Because, oh. yeah, you are right. Like pulling the cyber demon Genji blade is going to sound different if it's a hard light version. Adding on, you've removed that sound effect, which is probably tied somewhere into the actual skin and like, the code probably not like i'm even thinking of small skins like traces comic book skin which was one of the first ones that yeah, had a different pow. sound effect because it was like boom yeah it's like a power thing i wonder how that's going to work um but yeah i, I think with the mythics case it's probably going to be a lot more difficult to remove and isolate that single sound and yeah so if i had to guess you probably can't use them with mythics so only a my, guess, though, like I said. Yeah, I think that's probably the eventual solution to come to. My guess they're going to dodge the issue for as long as they can. They're going to only make these weapon skins for people without Mythic, which also yeah, maybe. solves the problem <laughs> of, like, if you had a Mythic, you wouldn't necessarily buy a, a weapon skin. But if your hero hasn't had a Mythic, you're like, ah, my hero hasn't had anything cool. And you might buy a weapon skin anyway. From, so. like, a design standpoint and programming standpoint, you don't want to counter that place early. Otherwise, it's going to be, like, hella work and, like, fuck that shit. You might as well set a precedent now. There's, yeah, true, 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 true. I'd say... You probably want to set the precedent now, otherwise there's going to be a hell of a lot of fucking bug fixing and like trying to sort out like a million different fucking skins and shit. So, true. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Other... Yeah, go ahead. So I think someone said the the hard light skins. That are we certain they have uh, sound effects in their yeah. own? Yeah, there's the rhyme one. It's like whoom whoom. Oh, okay. So it's like a lightsaber yeah. kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty sick. I like. Got Reaper's it. one as well sounds sounds quite different from like original Reaper guns. Would well, be super lame if they didn't because it's like, well, this is a fucking yeah. Skin oh, I agree. Like, yeah, I was just, I was just. Yeah, they have to. That's like a baseline. Again, they they're setting a standard for themselves now with a baseline of like sound effects on the gun skins. Like that has to, which I think is great. So we mentioned Valorant earlier in the show, and I think that's something they get away with. It helps them get away with it actually with a lot of these skins because in Valorant it's like so much of your gameplay is tied up in that uh rifle skin basically so it's like having an entirely different personality i haven't played valorant in a long long time but um you know they had the dragon one essentially where it's like you, you kill the last person and uh, all sorts of animations and stuff so the weapon yeah, skins yeah. have a, a high ceiling to what you can change i feel without like transforming the character so much in an interesting in a um design point of view kind of way Whereas they're kind of careful, usually sometimes with skins where like they they want it to like suit the silhouette, for example. Um, whereas sound effects, you can kind of imagine they can do whatever because it's just for you, right? It's like the the enemy's not really going to notice so much that you have a, a weapon skin. Like it's not the it's not so transformative. It's going to like ruin their experience. 
personally, I, I, I kind of like my cosmetics to be cohesive. So it's like, I would want it to match. I don't know if this is just some weird <laughs> OCD <laughs> thing for me, but it's like, I, I, I don't want like a, a weapon skin that doesn't look right on the skin I want to use, if that makes sense. Um, and to that extent, I'm not so sure that I see natural pairings. I mean, this is like stylist Frito coming up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have to just think free, about it just, a little bit. Whether just Frito I'm in a game like <laughs> Frito in a game as an opposing player. Oh, that is not going with your skin, honey. Like you need to change that skin <laughs> right now. Yep. Talk about the fashion meta, I think. We make a fashion meta tier list of, of acceptable Ooh, skins there's content, and gun there's combinations. Content. <laughs> there's an idea, but, though. Like, you know, the Valorant thing. They could You, you could, could do, like, if yeah. you did a team kill, you, if you get the last hit on a team kill, maybe there's, like, the whole eruption. Oh, some crazy and, animation, like, fireworks, <laughs> the payload explodes. Yeah, and, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'd a, never a, drop, that far. a drop ship emerges and just, like, you know, like, someone hops yeah. out. It's like, good job. It's an idea. SK. Uh, let's move on now to Hero Mastery. So tell me you're excited, I presume, for the Lucio Hero Mastery amongst the others. I'm super excited, um, but I thought it was coming out at the start of the season. Turns out it's coming out in 20, 25 days from now. And uh, the latest one, the Echo, is coming out in like 40 days or something. It's a very long way away. Um, but they, they also removed the Hero Mastery leaderboards. So every score before this season is is gone. Oh, really? They said they'll bring it back, but I don't what? know why it's gone. And they didn't say when they'll bring it back. So, I don't know. <laughs> really weird stuff. Um, and uh, there's still one big problem with Hero Mastery that I want to bring up that hasn't been addressed, and I imagine it's very difficult to address, is that the people in certain Hero Masteries are being very secretive. It, when you get a really good run, it's like taken for granted that in every speedrunning game, it's posted to a leaderboard and you can see what they're doing. It's not like that in Overwatch. Someone can put like 150 hours into Mercy Hero Mastery recruit mode, super optimizing every single thing. And you like starting out, if you want to start competing in Mercy Hero Mastery, you also have to put in that absurd amount of hours. You can't just like watch their run and see all the skips that they've learned and catch up to them. No, there is no catching up. You have to learn and find every single thing. I find it annoying that you can't view the replays of the world record runs on the leaderboard. Uh, Mercy is the greatest example of this. There's not a single run in top 10 in any of the categories that is uploaded to YouTube. And there's also in Reinhardt veteran mode, three guys, or is it two guys? There's two guys that are pushing it together and they show each other their strats. So they're like 10 seconds up above everyone because no, no one else can see what they're doing. Yeah. It just like annoys me. But then there's also people that are like super awesome. Like there's this guy named Carrier who has a world record on all the Sojourn maps. He just uploads it straight to Overwatch 2 speedruns. So because he's so confident in his run that he knows if like anyone knows what he's doing, they still can't beat it. Like he's that good. I just I don't like the secrecy. I wish it was gone and they were uploaded to the leaderboard. It's the only game that's that's speedrunning that's like this. That's a very valuable point to bring up. And I think that, yeah, like it shouldn't be so sus. Like, it adds an element of suspicion as well because you're like, well, what is, he, what is this guy doing? Like, what, what are they doing yeah. that no one else is doing, right? Like, it it just kind of defeats the spirit of it. Go ahead. It also puts you at a really big disadvantage because I stream all my Winston runs, so whenever I find a time skip, they get to see mine, but I don't get to see theirs, so. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of yep. defeats the purpose because the idea of a speed run is kind of to be, like, an open competition, right? It's, like, meant to be, like, yeah. a everybody come and see if you can beat me or them or whatever, right? But, like, if 
if it's like this guy is like doing it behind closed doors and then like everyone else is trying to do it openly, then it yeah it be- becomes a bit lame. So I think yeah, seems like yeah. something they could just make it so that yeah you can view the replays of the top ten or something. That could be that would be really nice, but probably really difficult to do because replays like get deleted every patch. True, 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 true. Ah, uh, but. Maybe it wouldn't need to be for hero mastery because the reason patch stuff gets well, I don't, I have, I'm talking on my absolute ass, but <laughs> I assume that because patch notes change things, then you can't replicate it in the replay viewer. But you, yeah, well, but you know, with the replay, hero mastery is not changing anything, so it shouldn't matter. Maybe they could make like a, you know, like that Overwatch League viewer. Maybe they could make a replay, yeah, uh, hero mastery replay viewer, and then that like kind of exists cool. on its exists on its own thing, and so you could just go into that and see the hero mastery replays. Yeah. Spitball, spitballing, spitballing. Uh, anything else anyone wants to add on the Hero Mastery topic? Joel Zafrito, no? Yeah, I think this, this is why I wanted to bring it to SK, because I know this is something you're very passionate about, SK. So, uh, I love Hero Mastery. Yes, we I think you're... We need to get more people into it. It's really fun. Yeah, I think you're one of the premier speedrunners in Orwat, so I think it's great to have you <laughs> here to talk about it. Um. Okay, guys, last couple things, then just like Battle of the Beast. Uh, probably not a mode for one of us, but... Has anyone played it, cared about it, enjoyed it? So no. much fun. <laughs> I've not played it's it. It's so much fun. It's my oh, favorite it uh, event arcade mode that's come out. There's just no reason to play it because it doesn't level up your progression for me. Or else I just, I would still be playing it. 4v4 is really refreshing. Oh, really? And Overwatch it's, ca- 3. And it's casual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, legit, this is again, flats would be like, go put a 4v4, guys. 4v4 is where it's at. Uh... <laughs> This actually reminds me that I think I saw on, on social media that uh, you can't get Battle Pass EXP or you get a very little amount of Battle Pass EXP for the PvE, which people were upset yeah. about. Sorry, Eski, you had yeah, to say. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. No, no, no. Sorry, no. No, it's, it's just oh, a thing, and I think people were upset that it, it seems to be lame because they paid for the PvE, so why can't they keep playing a mode they like and still get Battle Pass yeah. EXP? They're still playing Overwatch. That's so, really weird. It's probably yeah. not even on purpose. It feels like they abandoned PvE as soon as they got all the the money. Well, again, that would be the cynical interpretation. I hate to always be <laughs> spouting the cynical interpretation. I mean, uh, they might literally have forgotten about it as a simple, we kind of have seen them reshift away from the PvE, right? Like, they have just decided internally, like, uh, yeah, no, actually, fuck that, guys. We're just going to go back to being a PvP game, basically, right? So they might just have been like, uh, whatever, who cares kind of moment. Yeah. We actually haven't, that brings up that we haven't heard much about what they're doing in that regard, mm-hmm. are we? I said there was more story missions coming. It was like really harped on that there was more coming. But we haven't heard about any of them. And also, why did they delete Underworld? That that was weird. That was like the only free PvE content and they, they deleted it. It's not there anymore. It was only there for a month. Was that... That wasn't like just a Halloween thing, not Halloween, but like no, I thought it was yeah, going to be there forever. Just... It came out with the invasion. It was the King's yeah. Row missions and modifiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the modifiers! You're right. Yeah, yeah. What? That's gone. They said it was going to be there every realize. week. Yeah, they said it was going to be there every week with new oh, modifiers. Yeah, cycle. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was gone after a month. I was waiting what? to get my title, and there was a break skin that I wanted to get from doing it as well. I didn't know it was going to disappear. That was annoying. I, no, I would bet there's not the player numbers strange. anyway in the queue because I yeah. don't think there is for any of the PVE content. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, same way. I had bots on my team one time when I tried to do it, and that was like 
couple of weeks after release or something. I was like, oh, I, I got bots well on my team it. all the time, bro. Like, just yeah. play on my account. Yeah, that's uh, true. Bottom ranked. <laughs> to be fair, I guess I guess people. I think the people who are affected are the people who kind of stack with their friends and play the PVE. Because there's a, a a community of people. Yeah. Who just just like the PVE, just want to play the PVE over and over. So. Uh, uh, it's I disappointing guess. though they took it away. I, yeah. I can't say I noticed, to be honest, because I did the PvE missions and we did the legendary runs and stuff, and then I went back to ranked. But that's it's kind of sad they took that away. That's, especially being a free PvE experience. Yeah, it's like a taste test for like, oh, here's like a whole like lot of story missions. You can get a cool title and stuff like that. And yeah, it's not that great to be honest. That's yeah, a, that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't personally doesn't personally affect bad. me at all. I still I still haven't finished any of the pv i played one mission that's it i finished the first mission i haven't done the underworld so it doesn't dude. personally affect me but i do uh it's i gotta dude, bring it up PV, for the, the other pay people. for pv i'm just saying that shit is fire as fuck me at me jake scott and johnny did nullify i know you i know you guys did some did one. some legendary oh, shit yes I day know you guys one it was fun it was I, I got bored i actually can't own. wait but they should announce it like if there's more pv stuff coming i want to know they should definitely be yeah. leaking or te not not leaking but you know teasing stuff soon because it was a big aspect of overwatch 2 was like hey we're not giving up on pve we are just splitting it up and like making it a different experience from what like obviously overwatch 2 was going to be back in like 2018 2019 whatever the fuck so yeah that's um i haven't really thought about that until now to be honest but they should probably start doing that especially around the christmas period right they're downscaling like, it i bet they didn't mention it at blizzcon for a reason there's a good chance they downscale it even more that's my, uh, my assumption. It would be very it, sad if that's the case. I mean, yeah, maybe... I hate to bring it to you, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it didn't do the numbers they thought it would. Um, obviously, we don't have that data at all. I know, obviously, all the streamers were playing it. Like, we were playing it. Like, all my friends and, like, you know, the Overwatch League people were all doing their shit. But, yeah, I mean, don't actually know the numbers under the hood, you know? So, that's potential. Yeah. I, I think we got to probably see it as an abandoned ship and, like, a, a you know, no different than an occasional mini mode that we get in uh a new season like it's probably i hope not the Wait, not here for me to tell tell him but i did start tiny tina's wonderland i'm like two hours <laughs> in and that is a very good game in fact i think blizzard should consider making a pve game where you have rpg progression and unique abilities maybe for overwatch 3 they can do that 4v4 baby 4v4 let's go um sk did you have something I've... to say yeah, did they promise that you would get all future PvE missions when you buy the invasion bundle? Definitely not. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay. It was definitely like just these missions is all you get, buddy. I see. I think they'll make more, but I, I, I'm curious if they'll go back to like the archives free version or something. Because like I, yeah. I feel like they'll probably evaluate the reception and performance of the $5 thingy as a miss would be my guess. Because I'm happy that a lot of streamers liked it. It feels to me like only streamers liked it. That's my opinion, my, my real opinion. I think it was terrible. Like, unplayable, not a game. Not, not worth money, Whoa. basically. That's for sure. Yeah. I, 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 strong opinion. really don't like it. No, I'm inclined to agree. If it was actually $5, I would have liked it. But it was, they made you pay 15 I would say it's. And I love like Overwatch too. Like, I, I, you know, I'm addicted to the real game. I love it. But I, the, the PvE was like... It, it I, definitely I give doesn't it a sell me on Overwatch 2. I'll give you that. But, like, because uh, I play... I barely play single-player games, to be fair. <laughs> like... Yeah, same. So, for... 
Overwatch is like, that's not the selling point. I'd still play Overwatch. So, I mean, what? maybe it I wasn't think... worth 15, but... I think those are the two probably key differences because, like I said, I agree. I did, I just I got bored, but I was playing it solo, and I also play a lot of single player games. So I had two distinct yeah. things there, which are like, I've just played. I you know I just come off the back of playing several better single player games that even for fifteen dollars I could get better versions of this. And B, playing on your own is super miserable. You're just like this is fucking shit. It's very I'm different. Just, yeah. I'm just mindlessly fighting bots as my teammates do whatever. It's it's yeah. It's I I hundred percent would get that if you play with your friends if you're into the lore. If you want the challenge of the, the legendaries, great. But I also would hazard, as Frito said, that the vast majority of players don't fit in that category. They want to be able to hop in, play on their own, and find a fun experience, and they didn't find it. And my, I, it was speculation. The devs might be like, you're way off base. But my speculation is that they just looked at it and were like, the cost to investment, like return ratio is just not there. Like the amount of dev hours we put into making these versus how many people are going to buy them. Just make one hero that's so much lighter on dev investment keep the pvp running and that and make skins like that's just way better for money yeah. than making a whole pve experience that could flop um anyways Makes we kind of got I agree. we got a little bit sidetracked there let's go back to then concluding thoughts on this season and what you're kind of all looking forward to the most and any any hopes of things that maybe haven't been announced but might come so jaws will go with you first what do you kind of excited about or if you are and is there anything maybe you're like if they could add this as well that'd be great um for just this season god um i'm just looking forward to playing the game i'm gonna be honest i'm a very simple man to please i'll be real like i just <laughs> want to be able to play the game and it'd be fun and i think right now that's uh it's scratching that itch i do wish they added and would continue to work on um, although they are doing that with the whole emerald weapons with the new competitive points, whenever that's coming out. Um, I do wish they would continue working on that and like adding rewards for if you made it to diamond, you get the title and you get a player card. And then if you make it to GM, you get the a weapon charm and like whatever, you know, like just more little incentives for ranked players. Again, it's, it's a very small section of the player base to be honest with you uh, especially as you go up and up and up but i think those little things will be will be kind of nice to have in in the near future um but yeah i mean is i i don't think there's too much looking i mean i'm excited to play against malware i guess i think that'd be kind of fun uh wanting liking how to play against him as long as you know i, I just had a discussion with hawk as well about him talking about how strong he actually is compared to comps and all this kind of shit and like yeah it's sounds like it's going to be an interesting time in ranked but it's a it's a new experience so yeah i'm looking forward to that that's definitely fair. I appreciate you kind of just being like simple, straightforward, just give me good shit and I'll play it. Uh, yeah. SK, how about you? Um, I'm, I'm indifferent. Happy as I am with every season. There's nothing that I was like, whoa, so amazing. But I'm happy. New content, new heroes, fun. Balance shakes things up a little bit. Lucio Hero Mastery will be cool, but it bothers me that it isn't here now because it's definitely already um, just waiting for season nine. Yeah, I think that is unfortunately perhaps the hangover of it where people are waiting for that next thing. Uh, Frito, how about you? Currently excited. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The two month seasons are kind of short though. Like, I don't know. I feel like we'll be at season nine, blink and you miss it, and it's it's going to be there. True, that's, true. that's how I feel anyway, as a, uh, a player of this game. But like the um, season nine changes, ranked overhaul, and the queue restrictions. I've been playing more with friends as well, and that is definitely the way to experience Overwatch, especially in the 
you know, the counter stratathon, like it's somewhat punishing for solo queue, I think, in, in some ways where, uh, you know, you have to outskill harsh matchups and that, that I can see would turn people off. But um, I play a bit like like 50 50, I think, solo queue and, and, and with friends. Um, so I look forward to not having to play account roulette to figure out how to <laughs> sync up with someone in season nine. Otherwise, like I, I sort of feel like, you know, I, I can't complain much because a lot of exactly the thing I always wanted for out of Overwatch is what we got now, where it's like lots of strategies viable and a lot of uh, strategy to it. So um, I enjoy playing. I'm, I'm interested to have another tank option to, to go in there and um, solo queue Scrandy some value off in MAGA positions. And <laughs> uh, the tank girl is like so different now, like in so many ways, Overwatch 1 to 2. Like, like Overwatch 1, you really had to always consider the like team implications of everything and and now some tanks do that but there are some tanks that are just like i just do my own thing like <laughs> and go and wreck things and um i think that improves the playability of the game even though maybe from a competitive standpoint it's either like broken or not viable and you know from like a team point of view but that's okay i don't know it it's cool it's a, it's like a a very doable world to live in for this game in my opinion as we compete against all these other shooter games like we, we've got the clown car of mechanics in this <laughs> game like it's like like I, I feel like i truly love this game in a way where it's like i love all of it you know like i don't just like i don't just want dive meta i like dive meta but like i like all the chaos as long as it's not too easy the only time i, I get upset is like when it's too stagnant or too easy and as long as they crack down on that i'm like a pretty happy guy and that's how i feel about the game right now so having a good time that's that's great to hear i genuinely you know i think i think a lot of people assume that if i was to be like i'm not really enjoying overwatch then that that, that would mean i would somehow root for the downfall of overwatch but i'm always really happy whenever people come on the podcast and they tell me that they're having a good time like I'm I'm always happy for people to be having fun playing Overwatch. I want people to have fun playing Overwatch, even if I'm not always. Uh, I think for me, what would what would kind of help, like, uh, or not necessarily help, but like it's it would be nice. With, like I I would like a streamer mode because uh, speaking of like playing with friends, for example, I I queued with uh, Sushi the other day for a few games, and like after like five games, she was like, "Seb, the lobbies you get, I can't, I can't with these games you get," just because like. <laughs> We queue into a game. Some guys like SVB. I'm gonna fucking diff you right now. And then another guy's like fucking dropping slurs or shit. So it's just like a whole difficult world out there. Uh, so that would be nice. And I think the stuff I'm excited for that they haven't announced would be more collabs because I think that that kind of stuff is fun. It always adds like a nice bit of vibrance to the game that doesn't always come on its own uh like i just saw apex announced a collaboration with final fantasy 7 which is really cool yeah, and like insane. it looks wow. really awesome yeah it's really really awesome like you can get like a cloud skin for one of the characters and like an arid skin and like you know so it's really really cool so, that they would go and tie up with another game like that and like i think that's i don't know if that's an avenue blizzard are exploring i'm sure when microsoft comes through they'll very keenly push that kind of idea anyways but Stuff like that is is so cool to see, and I think it like reinvigorates both communities, right? Like Final Fantasy players will want to try Apex, Apex players will want to try Final Fantasy. It's a big win for everyone, I think. So, I'm sure you know, they've all been quietly excited. The developers, whenever they talk about collabs, what's coming next? So, I I do think they'll cook. I do think they'll cook uh, with what they bring out. So again, I don't necessarily like SK. Think there's anything that can immediately solve my 
just does not getting the same kick out of Overwatch, and I accept that. It's like that's not Overwatch's problem. It, it can just be a me problem. Like you know, I don't always have to enjoy every season of Overwatch or whatever. And I, I'm very happy to go and play a bunch of other games. Thinking about trying Fortnite. Actually, people keep saying that shit is good, so I might, I might put a week into <laughs> Fortnite, see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to the out of game stuff. I think that'll be fun. But is there anything else you guys want to bring up before I let you get going? Anything else you haven't expressed that you want to? No? I think so. All right. Well, thank you very much to Jaws, SK, and Frito. As always, Frito, joining me on the podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our thoughts and our rambles. And as always, please give these guys some love. Go uh, support them on various platforms where they're prevalent. You'll see their links if you type their name in chat with an exclamation mark before it. So thank you to you guys. I really, really appreciate you giving me your time. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.